This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by the Barbecue Institute. Take your barbecue to the next level with the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food science and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Visit BBQInstitute.com and register for classes today. And by Barbecuers Delight Wood Pellets. Making pellets since 1994, two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that sweet, succulent smoke that you're looking for on your meat, both for grills and bullet-style smokers and, of course, in larger quantities for your pellet-fed smokers. Find them at bbqrsdelight.com. Cleveland, Ohio. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, a big one to get going at tonight. Welcome to another edition of the really big Barbecue Central Show. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. It's a jam-packed show, i got to tell you. 877-448-0433, Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show tonight if you want to do it. You don't have to. You can just lay out, enjoy the show for what it is. A lot of information, a lot of good times, a lot of great guests. And there you have it. Let me tell you what's happening on the show tonight in case you didn't get the newsletter. You can do that, by the way, by going to the website, the BBQCentralShow.com. 
and just signing right up there on the newsletter. It's right there on the front of the page. You can always be abreast of what's happening, uh, what the guests are locked in for the show. And it goes out about 3 o'clock each Tuesday before the show. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. We're going to be talking his new book, Slow Fire, and, uh, amongst a lot of other barbecue topics. 35 past the hour of 9 o'clock, Scotty Johnson from CancerSucksChicago.com will be joining us. And then we go into the second hour. 14 past 10 o'clock, Jim Shaheen from the Smoke Signals blog, which you can find on the Washington Post, will be in and uh, helping me close out the show at 10.35. Monthly contributor to the show, Scott Roberts, will be doing sauce and rub reviews. The the uh, the clock is ticking, Paul. The clock is ticking. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's what we have on the show tonight. Eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. All right, let's do Survey Tuesday questions. Here we go. Everybody loves these. Question number one. We talked about it last week. We'll talk about it again tonight by a number of the guests. Should. I was just going to preface something, but that's rule number two of the show. Don't preface what you're going to say unless you mean it. And I mean it. Should Guy Fieri be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame? That's question number one. Question number two. Most important barbecue tool. And no, I'm not talking about me. And question number three. What's the best TV show right now on television in your opinion? Those are your Survey Tuesday questions. Should Guy Fieri be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame? He was voted in this year as the inductees, so one of the three, Johnny Trigg and Henry Ford also in. Most important barbecue tool and best TV show right now. It can be any genre. Go ahead. Have at it. All right. Well, Paul, here you go. It takes me about, what, three, four minutes to get into it. He was on last week, Tim Grant from True Bud Barbecue. You would recall, as we ended the conversation, right around 10.30 last week at the p.m., I said, hey, you're going to go to, where are you going to be cooking at? He said, I'm going to go down to Valley Junction in Iowa. I said, look, not that you really need to try, because now show karma attaches. This one's in the bag. Just mail it in. Chip me off the 10% of your winnings, because you get to show karma as the first time in. And what does he do? He won it. Of course he did. Come on. Like you all weren't paying attention just like I was, hoping and pl- – I mean, not hoping. I mean, knowing that the karma was going to show up and come through for Tim and his teammates, and it certainly did. By the way, extra boot of uh, extra boost of karma, that also happened to be his seventh grand championship, which allows him to go straight to the Jack Daniels. There you go. All right, so I didn't get 10% of the winnings, but what showed up in the mail today, here you go, True Bud Barbecue T-shirt. This thing is great. Look at that. It's like a, a nice, heavy material. I think it's kind of shrink-proof, although I'll put that to the test when I actually put it in. the. It came like four hours ago. Look at that product placement for Ray. Wow, I can't believe I'm doing that right there. Uh, but the True Bud Barbecue T-shirt is right there. Awesome. Very happy about the, uh, the True Bud Barbecue T-shirt. Thank you, Tim, and uh, I accept your thanks back for helping you win your seventh grand championship this season and qualifying you for the Jack Daniels. All right, now let's go ahead and address some things uh, right off the bat. Not barbecue-related, although depending on where you're at in the country, could 
potentially be barbecue related. There was a lot of goings on on my Facebook page because where we live in Cleveland, we call it the ghetto, there seems to have been a inordinate amount of suicidal squirrels running around. So within our little block, we have had, from all accounts, four squirrels that have decided to cross the street right as wheels are coming down upon them. And then they die because they get run over by cars. So we had one for like three weeks ago, but you wouldn't really notice it now because it's really, it's it's about, you know, got this much height to it because it's been run over 57 times and then there was a couple more over the last couple days. There was one right in front of our house. I'm like, God, city won't come. And there's this squirrel it had been run over subsequently two other times since I had seen it the first time earlier in the day. I'm like, you know what? I'm... I think I'm about to move this squirrel. My wife's like, you get out there, you move that squirrel. I was like, I'm going to. So I put on my glove, and I got about halfway down the uh, driveway, and she said, uh, hey, buddy, uh, if you think you're ever going to touch me again, you might want to go ahead and use a shovel. I said, well, that's not very manly. And she said, well, figure out how manly it's going to be when you have uh, hand time, if you know what I mean. So immediately I sprinted right back into the garage and got the shovel because everybody loves hand time. I like, you know, sexy time. And if that's going to hinder my chances, I am not. Good. I will immediately give up the leather glove and go right for the uh, right for the shovel every time. Now, here's what you probably saw. Maybe for those that didn't, here's a squirrel picture number one. This paints me in a bad light. I have to be honest. I am kind of push- – the shovel is exceptionally long. It has a graphite shaft, so it's kind of bendable. I'm very powerful. You can almost see the apex bending because it was a very heavy squirrel, probably two or three pounds. Now, this was me – you missed the first shot of me actually trying to get it and flick at the same time, so it had been launched five or six feet. And now I'm just picking it up and – I, I'm not worried by this picture that it looks like that it's going to you know jump up on me or anything like that. I'm not worried about that. But just to make sure, then I picked it up, and it, it did raise its head at me, so I had to scream it right back to death. And as you can see, it fell right flat. Uh, a lot of people mistake, were mistaking that I was going to eat it, but no, I was just telling, you go back and die, squirrel, is what I said, or something along those lines. So this is not me being afraid. You can see it's inches from my face at this point. So I wasn't afraid to pick it up with my bare hands, I swear to God. I wasn't, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Easily some of the most posted about pictures ever on the face of my Facebook page. Compliments of my wife, thank you. Have your fun, Centralites. Call me lame and whatever else you called me that was even more rude. Uh, smoke and grill, squirrel hot and fast or low and slow? I'm going to go with hot and fast. It's a thin meat. Squirrels are very muscular, so there's not a lot of fat to render out. I'm going to go hot and fast. I'm not eating squirrel, though. No way. And then, let's see, what do we got? About a minute left. So there was a couple things that I saw on various forums. Let me pull this one over here so you guys can see it here. And here is a guy who openly posted about how 
This is from the Smoke Ring Forum about how he posted uh, disaster hits nine one one. So here's his write up. In case you miss this one, basically what happened is the guy decided to go ahead and start a fire in his uh, looks like some type of an offset cooker. The fire box might be in the back of that cooker right there, and it, instead of using any other type of petrol, he put gas from his mower, according to this. Now, initially, I was deciding that this was BS. This this wasn't actually something that had uh, taken place until I saw this guy. Now, this guy's from you know England, so I don't know if we can hold that against him. Father engulfed an eight-foot fireball in front of partner and children after pouring petrol-lit barbecue. John Wolf 32 doused the barbecue and petrol from his lawnmower. Petrol in England means gas. Folks, what are you doing? Big step out of here. Please, please stop lighting your fires with gasoline. Like I said, I thought that first one was BS, but evidently people are that misled that you can start fires with gasoline. Who doesn't want to start fires with this? All right, gang, let me talk to you quickly about Tasty Lake's barbecue supply. Look, there are unsavory businesses and creeping marauders at each and every turn on the Internet. I think we can all agree on that. But sometimes you're looking for a barbecue or grilling item that just isn't in stock anywhere in your hometown. Now you got to go on the Internet. That's when you start to sweat the neck tightens. You've had some bad experiences on the Internet before. You don't want it to happen again because it's your money that you're spending. You want to feel confident that who you're buying from is going to get you that stuff at an honest and fair price. Great news. Let Fred Bernardo and the gang over at Tasty Licks Barbecue relieve you of your internet buying stresses. Tasty Licks has one of the most complete inventories of barbecue and grilling items anywhere on the face of the earth. All of the items that you see on Fred's website are in stock and they're ready to ship to you directly. Now, are there other places on the internet that have the item cheaper, perhaps? But are you 100% confident that what you're actually going to get is going to be the item that you buy? More importantly, is it going to actually ship to you? All great questions that no one can answer with 100% assurity. And that's why when you buy from Tasty Lakes Barbecue Supply, the items are in the store. They will ship to you promptly. And everything in the store is priced fairly. And Tasty Lakes carries grills, smokers, ceramic cookers, electric cookers, various charcoal types, wood chunks, chips, cookbooks, accessories. If they don't have it in the store, quite honestly, you probably don't need it. And on top of all of that, Fred carries many of the other show sponsors in a store as well. So you're almost doing like a two-for-one. You're shopping at a sponsor and you're buying sponsors' products. It's the best of both worlds. And don't forget that Tasty Lex has their very own line of barbecue sauces and rubs. They're doing extremely well on the competition circuit, too. Be sure to try them. Head on over to TastyLicksBBQ.com and let the confidence exude from you as you make your online purchase. Then enjoy your items upon delivery. And don't forget, the Fred and the gang are there to help you after the sale as well. You go over to TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicks. BBQ.com. All right, we're going to come back with Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Live 
from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, coming up just uh, short of 14 past the hour, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Don't forget, coming up in about 20 minutes from now, Scotty Johnson from CancerSuckChicago.com. So uh, stay tuned for that. It's always fun and exciting. Oh, you know what time it is. Here we go. Dr. Barbecue, ladies and gentlemen. Razor, what's up? Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Ray. Always appreciate you making time for the show. And uh, we got a lot of different right places. Now. You like the ACDC? This is your sh- this is your song. You like the uh, you like the ACDC? Yeah, I love the ACDC. Of course, Highway to Hell, which is I think uh, we always seem to be maybe heading down that road when you're on the show for some reason. Oh, people! I keep hearing about how I'm mellowing, though. It, it, it concerns me, you know. I might have to crank it up a little. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk a little bit tonight about this little beauty right here. I'm going to go ahead and shoot the uh, product cam. There it is, Slow Fire. It's the Beginner's Guide to Barbecue by you, Doctor Barbecue Ray Lampy. And I guess what I found kind of interesting or unique, I'm always interested to see who's writing forwards for whose books. Uh, I think you uh, accidentally missed me writing your forward, but you got somebody else that is probably a little bit better and more adept at this in Famous Dave. Uh, Why did you pick Famous Dave to write the forward? Because I I kind of have a theory that within barbecue circles, he he might not be as appreciated as he should be. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't. I had met Famous Dave via the internet, and we chatted a little bit. and And he's a, he's actually from Chicago, and and so we had been friends on the internet. And last year, I went to the National Barbecue Association conference in uh, South Carolina, Greenville, or somewhere over there, and and met him personally and spent some time talking to him and stuff. And he's the real deal, man. This guy, he's a barbecue man, you through and through. He. You know, I, I never. I thought he was kind of a corporate shill, and you know, you, I guess you get that impression of people if you don't know him. And I spent a little time with him, and found out he was definitely not, and he's just a really good guy. And it was shortly after that I was needing somebody to do that, and, and I thought I'm going to take advantage of this because because famous Dave is the man. You know, he's a he's a really accomplished guy in in many ways. I mean, he's a Harvard grad. You know, it, barbecue man and Harvard grad. That's not two things you say in the same sentence very often. No, typically not. And I guess maybe the only thing good that came out of whatever that uh, debauchery TV show was on the Food Network, like Up in Smoke or Best in Smoke, was the fact that you got to actually see Dave cook in a in a competition style setting, not something that we would normally be accustomed to, be it an FBA or a KCBS or an IBCA type event. However, it was on television for everybody to see, and it was a challenge of sorts, plus it was culinary, and he did pretty well on that show. Yeah, he got hosed, though, basically. He, he fucked up his leg bad. He is, <laughs> he's, he's still having trouble with his leg from that show. He, he got hurt bad there. And besides, you know, even if he didn't have a bad leg, he's an old fat guy. He's going to outrun all them guys to the truck. That was stupid. Yeah. I, I felt bad for him there. I was hoping they, I hope they wouldn't do that to me on any show. All right, so a good forward written to you by Famous Dave. Uh, as far as what we might be able to expect from the book, as far as you know, how, who it's geared towards and how it might differ from some of the other books that Dr. Barbecue has written already. 
Well, it was actually Bill LeBlanc is the editor. Bill's a legendary cookbook editor uh, for Auto Chronicle Books, and it was his idea. He came. He said, "You know, we we see all these books, barbecue books, and he, the word he used was hero books, and they're all written from a point of view of I'm the god of all barbecue, and and this is how you do it, and you buy a ten thousand dollar smoker, and you be like me, and you can win the championship of the world too." Well, that's all good and well, but my God, how many of those books are we going to write? I've written a bunch of them, and, and so is everybody else now. And he said, let's write one that's a little more approachable for the average guy because we believe there's a lot of people that really would like to get into barbecue without that sort of commitment and, and that sort of intimidation. And I thought it was a really good idea. And, I, and frankly, I've been doing it for so long. I mean, I think I was capable of writing it. So we really wrote it. It's called The Beginner's Guide to Barbecue, and, and that's really how I meant it to be. Uh, not... And there's no grilling. There's nothing except barbecue recipes in there and a few side dishes. It's really to teach new people how to cook barbecue. Now, someone told me recently that a lot of people are liking it. We're getting great reviews on the book. But someone told me that they thought it was a little bit too uh, advanced for the actual hardcore bottom-of-the-barrel beginner. Oh, you know, what can I do? If it is, it is. I'm sorry. I. It's hard to... It's something I've been doing for so long and so, you know, so many years, it's hard to go back to the bottom. But I think I did. And that was the intention of the book. And, and it's been really well received because of that, because I think it's true. I think a lot of people are just intimidated by the way we approach it. All right. So out of all of the, the pages that are in there, you got a lot of great pictures, a lot of great recipes. You know, are there a couple, one or two that are in the book that you really like? Well, I think and something I've noticed with myself, that's my, this is my sixth cookbook. I've gotten much better at making sauces and rubs, I think. I think the ones in the beginning were pretty good, but I think I've gotten much better at it. So I think the rubs, number 67 and 68, are both very good and very interesting. And the sauces as well. There's a orange chipotle sauce in there that I think is great, uh, something a little different. Uh, one of the other things was, you know, after brisket, pork, ribs, and chicken, now you have to actually fill up a cookbook. And, and I wanted to make some interesting things. There's a great duck recipe that uses that orange chipotle sauce. And then there's some simpler recipes like scotch eggs and, and pork steaks uh, and, th- and things like that that cook a little quicker. Uh, stuffed mushrooms cooked on the smoker and fajitas cooked on the smoker. And some of that stuff came out pretty good, and I think it's going to be good for people that are just kind of dipping their toe in the water. They can't quite grasp the concept of cooking something for 12 hours, so a 45-minute a or two-hour cook is a little more makes more sense to them. Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. His website, by the way, drbbq.com, if you want to check him out. You know, you've mentioned you've written six books now. The first one was kind of a one-off on its own. It was a book that was already in your head. And then we've talked in the past about how you've actually had to go through and work a book from beginning to end for the subsequent five. You know, out of those, do you have a favorite one? Are they own, are, are they own their own kind of uh, sexy child or, or what? Yeah, I mean, they're like children, you know, you, you like them all. I, the first one was cool because, like you said, it really was recipes and stories and stuff that I had just saved up my whole life and, and got a chance to write them down. So that was kind of cool. The second and third one, I was really cutting my teeth and kind of learning how to uh, write a cookbook. I don't know that those are the best ones. The NFL book is one that I think didn't get much, didn't get the respect it deserves. I think it's a really good book, and it just never got the promotion that be needed in the beginning. And then the economy just kind of tanked the cookbook business, and it just never got a fair chance. If there's one that I think didn't get the respect it deserves, it's that one. And plus, for me, it was fun because 
I was able to write a chapter on cooking soup, which is something I really like to do. And most people don't know that and sandwiches and side dishes and a lot of stuff that wasn't necessarily barbecue. All right. So let me ask you this, Ray. The book has been out for a little while. Was it a couple weeks now? Uh, actually, I think it's about a little over a month. A little I think over it came month. out early April. All right. Uh, as far as the publisher is concerned, everybody's good there. Uh, has it like gone to, to second printing or whatever they call it? I heard third printing the other day, oh, which wow. is pretty amazing for how long it's been out. Absolutely. So, and, and I've had a string. I've had you know the you this week. I had Ted Reader who was out with a new book. Uh, it'll be two weeks ago today, and then the week before that, I had Robert Rainford on, whose book was a week uh, you know uh, before he actually showed up on my show. All were in second printing. Yours now in third. Do you foresee a point where you know this kind of a book might not be as in demand? Is it uh, something that's it's cyclical and you just see it popular because it's a little bit more on television now, or is this something that you just see gaining popularity down the road? Well, my publisher, uh, you as you see, you see that book in your hand. It's a smaller, really good-looking book, and that's intentional. They they think that the big blocky Steve Raiklin books, the you know, these big mega books are probably not the best thing to be putting out right now. This book's eight by eight, 175 pages or something like that. Uh, it, not only does it do well on Amazon and the traditional bookstore places, it's big enough for that, but it's small enough to really get a good spot at Williams Sonoma and Crate and Barrel and places like that. I, and they, they seem to think that it has life as a sort of a, a impulse buy and a, and a gift a gift book as well. And it, because it's so pretty too, I mean, the, the picture on the cover, look at that. And they actually reshot that. There's a brisket shot inside that I told them I didn't really think looked that good. And there was a, a they actually, there's a, a contest guy, gosh, I can't think of his name right now, that works for Chronicle. And he cooked that brisket. And I talked to him and said, you know, make sure you puff up the smoke ring. And, and they reshot it and they liked the shot so much they put it on the cover. So we're we're taking a different approach and trying to make interesting books, uh, not just write the same book over and over, and a good-looking book like that. So in that case, I think it has, has life. Uh, obviously, uh, this book has got more sales electronically than any book I've ever written as well. You know, that's the world we live in. Um, you know, they honestly, Greg, they still write Chinese cookbooks, and they still write Italian cookbooks, and God, how many is there out there? So I don't know. I think as long as there's good books people are still going to be interested in them. Ray Lampy is our guest. DRBBQ.com is his website. All right, let's switch up gears a little bit because it sounds like the book is doing absolutely awesome. You know, yep. you, you did advance into the regional round for the Sam's Club Tour. Uh, hey, Coca sponsor, Ray? Is Coca sponsor? How about that? Do you have news? News? No, probably not. No. All right. Not yet. Uh, that's right, not yet. Was it when you were able to advance in, because you finished uh, third overall, I believe, at uh, that particular contest, was that kind of like a, maybe you won't ever even admit to this, but in, internally, was that kind of like an F you to the people that said, you know, Dr. Barbecue does these shows and he does these cookbooks and he's a corporate chef for Big Green Egg and all this crap, but he, he's not out on the tour. He's not winning nothing. What have you done for me lately? And then you go ahead, you, you get a top three and you move on to that regional round of the Sam's Club. No, last year was the FU when I won the Sam's Club one in Wisconsin. Uh, I hadn't I hadn't won anything in a long time, and I knew that. And and I was starting to whether people were saying it or not, I don't know, but I was certainly feeling it, and I didn't like it. And I, and I really last year at the beginning of the season decided I was going to make a concerted effort to be more competitive this year or last year, and went out and 
won that contest, the Sam's Club contest in Wisconsin. And then I went to California and won a contest cooking with guys, restaurant people as Tex Wasabi's. So I won two contests last year. That was the FU. This year, I feel like I'm, I'm more legit. Unfortunately, the guys are so good now. It's hard to cook once in a while and be competitive because they're so good. And I don't have time to cook 30 a year. But So, no, the FU was last year. This year, I feel like I'm a little bit – if you don't know that I won two contests last year, well, then FU, then it was. But There you go. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. All right, let me get your thoughts because you did mention uh, Guy Fieri, and he was kind of like a hot topic on here probably for the next couple weeks. You know, We were talking about the Barbecue Hall of Fame with Ed Marin last week and how it went from this kind of stagnant, uh, worse-than-mediocre presence online for a number of years, and American Royal steps up, buys it. Did you own, like, uh, BarbecueHallOfFame.com or something like that, Ray? Yeah, I still do. I, I, I own BBQ Hall of Fame. And I own American BBQ Hall of Fame and I, some other, a couple other, you know, you can't buy them all. There's just so many. But I thought BBQ Hall of Fame was probably the key one. And I bought it a long time ago, and uh, I still own it. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's pointed at that website, and I don't have any intention of, of moving it. Uh, frankly, at some point, if they go in the right direction, I'll give it to them. It's not like I want to sell it or anything. I just happened to buy it one day. You know, you ever go on uh, on GoDaddy and just kind of poking around, see what's available. And I happened to run across it, and I and I bought it. Really, and I never intended to. It's it, it'll never be for sale. If somebody gets a legit barbecue Hall of Fame going, I'll give it to them. I you know I'd be happy to. So at this point, I don't know if the American Royal even knows, but I own it. And it's pointed at their at. I don't know. Is there even a website up these days for it? I'm not really even sure what's there. But. I mean, I just remember seeing it, you know, maybe a year or so ago, and it had always kind of looked the same year after year. But it looks like the American Royal is actually going to step up and obviously do brick-and-mortar type of a, of a Hall of Fame, which is more traditional like some of the other major sports that are out there, basketball, baseball, whatever. So with the new induction class, and I don't know how they're actually going to go about – ushering in these people but there's three categories for now and whether that changes down the road or not which i think it should is yet to be seen you have a business category or an invention category you have a pitmaster category and then you have a celebrity category so you have uh, henry ford going in uh, obviously you know well known for helping kingsford and the whole uh, proliferation of charcoal and all that good stuff so no questions there for sure uh, Johnny Trigg, certainly uh, beyond reproach as far as career, what he's done, number of victories. So I don't have a problem with uh, pitmaster Johnny Trigg. I can't imagine you would have uh, an issue with Johnny Trigg getting into the Hall of Fame, right? No, heck no. Johnny, I think it's a great choice. Uh, no, I'm fine with Johnny for sure. All right, so here's here's the weird aspect for me. And I know this could potentially put you in this weird situation because you kind of know Guy. And it's nothing against him. If it was some other celebrity, I would probably be saying the same thing. I don't understand why they would have a celebrity category, per se. I mean, who is defining celebrity? I mean, we could certainly sit here and say that if, you know, you, Ray Lampy, and me, Greg Rempe, were walking down the street with a guy, 10 out of 10 people are going to recognize the guy, and they're going to wonder who the hell we are standing next to him. Now, we might get some cast-off poon, which would be great. However, that doesn't change the fact that nobody knows who the hell we are, and they know who Guy Fieri is. So celebrity in that sense is fine. I'm totally okay with that. But in my view of Hall of Fame, it's what has somebody done to go above and beyond the industry or the sport. So I could point out somebody like you or Myron or Fast Eddie uh, or any number of other people before I could even get to Guy as celebrity in the industry. So what's your kind of, uh, what's your take on that as far as the celebrity category, not necessarily dealing with Guy per se? 
Well, yeah, it's it's a tough situation. I, I get it. I understand what they're doing. Um, I, I don't. I think guys are actually a good choice if you're going to have that category. You know, let's not forget, guy cooked at the American Royal before he was on the Food Network. Uh, he went to that class in Houston that James and Lola Rice gave all those years, ten years ago, probably. Uh, and, and just went on his own because he was a restaurateur with a barbecue restaurant wanting to learn more about barbecue. It's one of them cases where he gets, uh, we wouldn't even be talking about him if he wasn't so famous. Right. Uh, so, I, I mean, guys, if there's anybody that's deserving in that category, I think Guy is more worthy than people are going to realize or give him respect. However, it is a goofy category. But if you're the American royal, I, you know, you, you want to try and get him to come. It's not like they picked Bobby Flay, though, or somebody like that. That's yeah, sort well, of but what's any different? I could make I could make a bigger argument that Bobby Flay has done more for grilling and barbecue than than Guy Fieri ever has. But you said grilling and barbecuing. Are we talking about barbecuing? Or are we talking about grilling and barbecuing? I don't you think know I don't think that the American Royal has any idea. I think they just want to put a, a celebrity face in there so they can get more people to come in. And whether it's Guy this year and whether it's Bobby the year after that, I think that's always going to be a weird category because there's tens of thousands of people that do exactly what you said, but they also just don't happen to be on the Food Network and host game shows. They go to and cook the American Royal every year. They go take classes, but you never hear about them. Well, but that's the good news of creating a celebrity category. I mean, we could argue whether that's a, a wise choice, but at least they didn't take Guy and say he's a pit master or, or something like that. Um, they, they said, you know, the celebrity category. I, you know, it's a business for them. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to beat them up over it. Uh, as long as they're keeping it in a celebrity category, again, if they put Guy in over Johnny or Eddie or me or Myron or, or all that in the in the pitmaster category, I might have a beef with it. But the guy is a legit barbecue cook. He owns a barbecue restaurant. He owns a big barbecue trailer pit. Um, I mean, you know, he, he he's a legitimate barbecue guy. He's got, he sells barbecue sauce and rub, and um, it's it, not that he necessarily as accomplished as a lot of guys, but. It's not like they just took some celebrity. They did take a guy who does have a barbecue background. Like it or not, he was a barbecue guy before he was famous. Uh, but, you know, at what level? Certainly not at the level of Johnny Trigg. There's a great old story, though, about him teaching Johnny how to do a sushi roll at the American Royal before he was ever on the American Royal. I mean, before he was on the, the Food Network. So, <laughs> you know, is it is it a ploy to get attention? Probably but what the heck? Yeah, I think it's a bad category. And if you were, I know you're not calling me out on it, Ray, but you're damn right. It's sour grapes for me. I'm totally an internet celebrity. Forget about it. All right, uh, we got about a minute left, Ray, and I, I apologize for uh, cutting short here. But you have a, a Big Green Egg cooking class coming up June 21st in the birthplace of the Big Green Egg, right? Yeah, I'm doing one on Thursday night. I'm doing a cooking class at Big Green Egg Mothership, and then there's some radio event there Saturday. I don't have the details, but I'll be there for that as well. All right, and then uh, also you're going to be – did you just get back from England doing a cooking class over there? Did it a couple weeks ago. Got, yeah, got back a couple weeks, did the first ever American barbecue cooking school in England. We had a full house. We had a great time. It was, uh, it was a pretty cool event. I really got hardcore about cooking barbecue contests. Uh, yeah, I was fun. The guys that came, I think, got the real thing. And, and, hey, let's not forget, I did win two contests last year. So it's not just me blowing smoke. I am a legit 
competition teacher now again. Again, right. I was going to say, because that's where it all started. We're talking with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. You can find him at Dr bbq.com and don't forget about the new book slow fire it's the beginner's guide to barbecue ray always appreciate the time thanks for coming out tonight thanks greg tell scotty i said hi i'm happy to get off sure will no problem it's the uh, chicago connection here tonight no doubt about it ray originally from chicago if you didn't know it and then of course my next guest scott or scott robert scotty johnson coming up is uh, currently in chicago if you need him let me quickly check this. Uh, who's this? Who is oh, That's uh, All right. Here we go. Uh, quickly, let me tell you, gang, if you're like me, you always want to think of ways to step up the barbecue and grilling knowledge. You want to step it up a notch. Maybe two. Here's what's going to help right here. Butcher Barbecue. Look, top teams in all sanctioning bodies, KCBS, FBA, IBCA, Houston Livestock, all of these people using Butcher Barbecue products right now each and every weekend. In fact, the pitmaster of Butcher Barbecue happens to use his own products every time that he competes. And he got a third overall in KCBS Team of the Year last year. Now, we all know that Butchers is well known for the injections. Of course they are. They have the pork and the beef injections. Now they have that prime injection, which has combined all the things loved with their beef injection, using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy. And they have combined it with what has become the competition standard in beef flavor. It's available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, perhaps you're looking for a go-to rub or sauce. Look, you've hit the mother load here as well. Butcher's Barbecue, a full line of award-winning rubs. One of my personal favorites is that steak and brisket rub. But feel free to grab that honey rub. And, of course, they have that premium rub, which has been formulated especially to work with that butcher's injection. It's a perfect one-two punch where you can impress your judges and you can impress friends alike. And last but not least, friends, you know I'm going to talk about the butcher's barbecue sweet barbecue sauce. I think we can all agree because I've evaluated a number of sauces here live on the show. When it comes to barbecue sauce, I am as finicky as it gets. Butcher's sweet sauce wins in every category for me. Not overly sweet, a nice slice of tang, just the right amount of back end heat. For crying out loud, no liquid smoke. Dave took the time and effort to make a quality sauce, and he didn't take the easy way out like most of those people do when they add that devil's urine to the sauce. That's better known as liquid smoke. Grab a box of six. It will go fast in the house. I swear, people will drink it like candy and Coca-Cola. And no worries on breaking the bank when it comes to shipping either. Orders at $55 or less. Ship at $7. US Orders at $56 and up. Ship at 9 bucks. Cheap. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up now. Again, the rubs, the sauces, the injections. And don't break the bank when you're shipping. It's either 9 bucks or 7 bucks. doesn't get any better than that. ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. All right, we're going to step away. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Pitmaster of CancerSuckChicago.com, Scotty Johnson. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. 
Big B, We're coming up on 37 past the hour. This portion of the show being brought to you by me and the phone number, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. All right, my next guest has been traveling the barbecue competition trail for years. He has done it under the efforts to help eliminate the disease cancer as soon as possible. He finished eighth overall KCBS Team of the Year back in 2008. He won the Jack Daniels World Barbecue Cookoff in 2006. We race over the hotline and grab pitmaster of CancerSuckSChicago.com. Scotty Johnson joins me here on the show. Scotty, how are you, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for having me, Greg. Uh, absolutely. Uh, my pleasure, Scotty. Always appreciate making time for the show. We kind of have like this Chicago connection. I never noticed this, Scotty. And point it, point me, point at me, uh, call me out if I'm wrong. You and Ray sound a lot alike when you talk. Yeah, you know, it's a Chicago thing, so. I guess we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> we, won't, we won't hold it against you. We won't count it towards any points for the overall trophy at the end of the year. All right, uh, Scott, there you go. Scotty Johnson joining me here. Scott, if you could briefly talk about uh, the foundation, you know, kind of how it was born, and then uh, the vision that Cancer Sucks is kind of proliferating across the country and the world. Uh, let's see. My, my wife, Corliss, passed away in 2003. Uh, I left uh, my daughter and myself. My daughter's five and uh, almost two years old at the time. And um, I always cooked barbecue and, uh, you know, wanted to go get back out once the girls were big enough to uh, compete a little bit. And uh, we got out, did a couple contests in 2005, and then, um, you know, in 2006 hit our first grand. Uh, we started a, the 501c3 first in 2004, and we basically raised money for... Uh, cancer research and to assist those that are fighting cancer. And uh, in 2006, obviously, we uh, hit, it, hit it lucky down at the, in Lynchburg. So, so we're out there trying to uh, raise money for cancer research and to help others. So, When you won the event down in Lynchburg, the event, of course, you know, referring to it like it's just something that happens every weekend, was that like automatically the pinnacle of a competition for you guys, or does it really not matter necessarily the competition? It's the awareness, it's the funds that you might be able to raise to continue to press for the cancer research. You know, I, I'm a big competitor, but to be honest with you, I know I'm not going to be out there competing in, you know, 30 or 35 contests a year. Um, you know, barbecue is a hobby for me. I, I'm trying to use um, what we've been able to do in barbecue as a better way to, you know, raise money and to try and help others. So, um, you know, if that means that I am out there competing a little bit and trying to bang heads with people and do that, then that's what it's going to be. You know, I have a good time. Like I said, I'm competitive. I managed to hold my own uh, against some of these big dogs out there. So, um, you know, we'll roll the dice and see what we can do. Scotty Johnson joining me here on the show. CancerSuckSChicago.com is the website. You know, Scotty, one of the things we're going to be kind of talking about tonight is cooking classes they've really seen to gain a lot of popularity especially maybe over the last three or four years you know have a team that might win a couple grand championships and boom next thing you know they're given a class or that maybe they're not giving a class yet but they're getting a lot of solicitation from people saying hey when are you going to give a cooking class so we can kind of copy and turn out exactly what you're doing at our next contest uh you do a you know a big fundraising competition cooking class every year 
what are your thoughts in general about cooking classes, kind of how they have shooken out over the last couple years? Do you see them as a cash grab for teams? Do you think they're really trying to disseminate good information? Where do you fall out on those? You know, I really hate to judge others on it. I mean, do I think some people do it and they're doing it for the money? Yeah, I mean, do, are they trying to jump on the bandwagon? Sure, there's going to be teams out there doing that. Uh, you know, if people are willing to pay for it, then, you know, I, you can't you can't argue with success. So if people are willing to pay for it and they think they're getting a good deal, then people will pay for it. No one's got a gun to their head. So, um, you know, but, yeah, are there questionable ones? I know Rod Gray was going to bring some of that up uh, a few months ago, but he decided not to. So, <laughs> do you, do you think that teams that are taking classes are really hey, a big reaping- shout out to the Rod and Sherry Gray down in Kansas? Well. Yes, absolutely. Do you think that teams that are taking these classes are actually really reaping benefits and learning, or are they just? kind of copying down and just trying to replicate exactly what they saw at a class in hopes that it's going to, to win them some money? You know, I always tell people in, in my classes, you can write down every single thing I do, you know, and that doesn't mean they're going to be able to duplicate everything that I do. Will that give them the basic ideas and everything? Yeah. You know, there's no, you can't reduplicate how or you can't teach how, what the proper feel is on a brisket proper fuel is on a rib so you can have the best wagyu and you know duroc pork and everything like that but if you don't know how to cook it you're still not going to win so people still need to learn how to how to cook barbecue it's just a lot faster learning curve now do you have any other cooking classes that you have planned for the year and you know would you would you like to start giving more classes uh, you know, no, I don't really want to do that. Like I said, this is my hobby. Uh, I appreciate raising money for cancer research. I sure don't want to burn out on it or, you know, not, not have enough uh, interest. You know, we've had almost, what, 90 people at uh, 44, and I guess it's almost 100 people uh, the last two years in February for classes that Mike and I have done. Uh, we also did a class out in uh, Worland, Wyoming, which I think had 25 people. You know, that, that's enough. I really like that one time a year. I get a lot of support from people. We get really good goodie bags from folks out there, the sponsors that I have for my team, and, you know, other good barbecue friends that we have. And um, so I, I like that. You know, I don't want to get too greedy, that's for sure. So, Scotty Johnson joining me here on the show from Cancer Sucks Chicago. Again, the website, cancersuckschicago.com. If you want to check it out, make a donation, more than welcome to do that, obviously. One of the things that's kind of starting out you're going to be uh, taking part in real soon, this Illinois Barbecue Alliance. There's a lot of, like, regional barbecue representation that's starting to pop up now. There's uh, Great Lakes Barbecue Association here where I am, and that encompassing, like, Ohio and Michigan. Uh, you got one. Oh, yeah, Illinois. I'm a member. There you go, right? Uh, and then you got Illinois Barbecue Alliance. So, I mean, this isn't something that's going to be, like, sanctioning its own competitions or anything like that. So what is the alliance looking to accomplish and, uh, and kind of disseminate? The, what the alliance is going to do is uh, they're going to be supporting the Operation Barbecue Relief, so the OBR. Uh, but I think what, what their goal and vision is for up here is to expand it from that. So not only help people when they're in need uh, because of emergencies or disasters and that sort of thing, but to also, you know, try and help folks, you know, homeless, whether they're down on their luck, whatever kind of thing for us to put on teaching classes where we can 
you know, try and bring some young folks into uh, in the comp- competition barbecue. Um, you know, these are big dogs of, of Chicago. I mean, honestly, I feel fortunate to be even included with some of these guys, you know, from Sweet Baby Ray's, um, you know, to Smoke Barbecue. Uh, you know, Ray's actually going to be there. I, I sort of lost radio, so I don't know if he ever said that, but he's going to be there uh, next Thursday as well. And, you know, just get a bunch of guys together and try and do something good. I know we're going to be doing a big donation to uh, OBR as well. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it because I'm going to be prepping for a uh, contact next Thursday. But, you know, they're all trying to do a good thing. So I, I definitely want to give them a shout out as well. All right, that's the Illinois Barbecue Alliance. Now, one of the things I always like to uh, ask your opinion on while I have you on, Scotty, is this thing called KCBS. Uh, there was a new board that was voted in, or, or at least a, a, a number of new board members. Uh, I helped single-handedly elect the four horsemen into the uh, KCBS board of directors, whether they liked it or not. So, you know, as somebody that's kind of, you know, you know a lot of people and all this stuff, how, how are you finding the new board to be? Are you liking some of the discussions that they're having as you're reading the notes and maybe you're listening in, you get the MP3 or whatever it is? How are you finding this new board to be working? You know, I love it. I mean, I think eventually, you know, I mean, I, I truly believe that KCBS has the best interest for us cooks. Uh, you know, I, I just really like the way that these guys came out and said that they were, you know, trying to open some things up. A lot of stuff happens behind closed doors. I realize that there's going to be that stuff going on. Um, you know, but I, I think fair and openness is a good thing to have for an association. You know, this isn't some little mom little uh, association anymore. The KCBS, it's uh, you know big dog. There's a lot of money coming in here. I think as members, you know, and I'm a lifetime member, so I believe in the KCBS. Um, I, but so I like it so far. You know, I, I'm personally friends with those guys. Uh, I respect them all. They're they're all very smart individuals. And uh, uh, probably the last thing I'd say is better them than me. But you know, yeah, absolutely. Now, are there any rules that you would like to see? you know, changed or tweaked if they came and they said, Scotty, we need your guidance and, you know, we, we want to know what you're thinking. You have the pulse of the people. Uh, are there some things that you would like to see changed or tweaked overnight if you could? You know, I wish that whole pork thing would get put to bed, that whole slicing and reheating and, and all that. It just gets old after every, you know, year after year. The pellet issue, you know, I've burned sticks now. I mean, I also burn pellets. I wish that issue would just go away. You know, if they need to open it up to gas, to be honest with you, I couldn't care less if the team was cooking on gas or electric next to me. I think I can cook better barbecue than them anyway. So, um, you know, there's going to be some growing pains for KCBS. I just wish the the rules, there's the, there's always a little bit of gray area in them. But, you know, they, they could probably tighten them up a bit. I realize that that's a struggle on the board as well, so... Scotty. I think they. I think some of the they were making right decisions though. The last few decisions they've made though. So, people uh, calling you out, Scotty, saying that you should be the next guy to run for the BOD. What do you say? Major um, announcement. What I, this is what I have to say on that, Greg. Okay. Last Steffi in twenty thirteen. So, alrighty. Yep. Now, let me ask you this. we got a couple minutes left. Uh, I didn't get to ask Ray about this, but uh, you know he's kind of a TV darling. So as somebody that maybe hasn't seen as much television uh, as Ray has, I mean, neither of us have, Scotty, if we're being honest, uh, Pitmaster Season 3 is coming up, and I was able to actually get a sneak peek of the first two episodes. So I kind of have been able to see at least six of the teams. I know some of the outcomes and format of the show. Are you excited 
about this attempt at Barbecue Pitmasters? Would you like to see the show just go away and die? Has a, are you just a proponent of barbecue no matter how it is? What do you think? You know, honestly, that first season of it was absolutely outstanding where you basically got to follow you know, teams around. What I liked it more where they follow teams around and get to know them and stuff like that. You know, the prep work and all that. Yeah, absolutely. There's tons of story angles you can do. I realized the second season, that whole game show thing, that just was not for me. I didn't like that. You know, I I won't say too much. I've gotten in trouble enough with that, but it just wasn't my format for the show. Um, <clears throat> I know this new, new setup is going to be a little bit different. You know, hopefully it doesn't make uh, barbecuers look like we're playing game shows and that sort of thing because, you know, some of us are pretty serious cooks. I'm not a chef or anything, but I take it pretty serious, and I don't cook rattlesnake. I don't cook armadillo. I don't cook any of that stuff. I cook barbecue, and, you know, I realize that there's a finite amount of what you can put on barbecue on TV, but there, there's plenty of story angles we can do in barbecue. So if you eliminate uh, the ratatouille and the rattlesnake and all of this other crap and kind of reworked it, if the format wasn't the same as one but was a little different than two, would it be at least watchable or would that be even a, a better win for you in your eyes? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely going to watch this, this series. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. I've got it on TiVo. Um, you know, I, I've got hopefully a lot more, you know, the, the – Second season just didn't seem like it started off on the right foot to begin with. This one seems a little bit better. I respect John a lot. Uh, you know, I know he's going to do everything he possibly can because he is a barbecuer. Uh, you know, so I'm giving it a shot. I really hope it makes it, um, you know, and it can expand on. Some year I'd like to be able to try and do it and be on the show myself. It just wasn't going to work out for me this year. Scotty, where are you going to be competing at next? Uh, let's see. I got my run here. I've got uh, Indiana Mukau, Mukau days or something. I think this weekend. So we need a little karma on that one. Well, I think uh, I think we know we'll you're going to win there. it. It's obvious you're going to win it. You're here on the show. Just ask Tim Grant from Truebutt. Right, well, as long as Truebutt and those Iowa teams and all those guys aren't coming <laughs> over here, we should be all right. Um, and then uh, then we'll be off to a local one here, Chicago and St. Charles. Illinois, and then uh, we'll compete in our 34th state in uh, Frederick, Maryland, and uh, hopefully eat some crabs while we're out there. That'll be number 34. All right. Scotty Johnson is the pitmaster of Cancer Suck Chicago. And again, you can find him at cancersuckchicago.com. Scotty, appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for coming on. Greg, thank you very much, as always. You got it. There he is, Scotty Johnson, pitmaster of cancersuckschicago.com. I always enjoy it. It is. Eerie. I think Ray has a little more uh, low end on his voice. That's a radio term. But they do sound a little bit alike now. Got to be honest. Let me move my camera here. Apologize. All right. Why is it moving? There we go. All right, uh, gang, let me talk to you for a few minutes. Your little brother, Ray. <laughs> let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest running sponsor of the show. You know who they are. They are the creators of barbecue automatic pit temperature control technology. Why would you buy one from anyone else? I don't have any idea. Not familiar with how these little babies work. I'm not going to get into the minutiae, but let me tell you this. Imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set. It keeps it running at set temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. 
It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today. Now, maybe you're a busy working professional, or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids, you're doing errands. Quite frankly, you just don't have the time to set around and pen pit temperatures. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw in a pork butt, a brisket, or a couple slabs of ribs, and then boom, you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. The Barbecue Guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at. Now, the newest model that's out, it's called the CyberQ Wi-Fi. Imagine this. You have a smartphone. You have a tablet. You have a notebook. You have a laptop. You have a Wi-Fi hotspot connection somewhere. If you're linked up with the CyberQ Wi-Fi, you can be anywhere there's an Internet connection. You put a pork butt on, you get on your Learjet, you go to France because it only takes you six hours to get there because you have, like, a Mach 3 capabilities on your F5. You can go to France, get on a hotspot, monitor your pit temperature back here in Ohio, and if it's running too hot, you can ramp it down. If it's running not warm enough, you can ramp it up. You can check to see where your meat is at, internal temperature. The technology is off the charts, and that's just one of them. They also have the CyberQ DigiQ 2DX. They also have the PartyQ. It's at $129 for that PartyQ. It's the easiest point of entry for pit temperature control devices. A self-contained package. It runs on AA batteries. Look, do this. Head over to the BBQGuru.com. Check out their products. And if you have any questions, call them directly at 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or... Visit them on the web, thebbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru, a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, we're going to wrap up the second or first hour. Let's wait for the second hour. Here. Wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought this music thing was going to go this far? I never asked for this. I never asked for this fast living, the women, the whiskey, craziness. There's whiskey in my soul. Hey, Bert, let's go. I've been let's go. drifting down that old All right, welcome back. It's a five past the hour, rolling up to the top. Neil saw Men in Black 3 at the luxury movie. What is, what is a luxury movie? Is that that Magic Johnson thing? Does he have luxury, or luxury movie houses? That took, uh, you know I'm going to hang with the Moonshine Bandits. They're my California connection. Uh, We saw, I didn't see Men in Back 3, although it did dethrone the Avengers, which, by the way, filmed here in Cleveland, or at least portions of. And what is going on with my freaking camera today? We got issues. Uh... We saw the Hunger Games. Don't ever see that. Never see it. Read the book and just be done with it. Could be the worst twenty-three dollars ever spent. Well, not necessarily true because I took the other. I took two of the girls and they liked it. So I guess that's all that counts. But the Hunger Games is not good. 
I recommend a high pass on that. All right, let me thank my guests this hour. A long time ago at 14 past the hour, we had Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. Don't forget his new book, Slow Fire, The Beginner's Guide to Barbecue. Get it on Amazon. Uh, like he said, the most electronic buys he's ever gotten is through that book, which is great. And then we also talked to his Chicagoan, Chicago wines, Chicagoans, Ray's little brother, Scott Johnson. He is the pitmaster of Cancer Sucks Chicago. And you can find the website at cancersuckschicago.com. I wear that shirt like once a week. Uh, thanks again to uh, Tim Grant from uh, True Bud Barbecue for the shirt here. Love that. It's a great shirt, man. The shirt is great, man. The fabric's lush. It didn't sound right. Uh, we point to the second hour where we're going to have a conversation with Washington Post writer, blog columnist, Jim Shaheen, making his triumphant return in the barbecue jungle. And we'll also have Scott Roberts doing some uh, reviews of rubs and sauces, so stay tuned for that. Uh, seven wins for True Bud. They go to the Jack this year in case you need them. Uh, my odds on favorite for KCBS Team of the Year. Maybe they'll start to pull away a little bit. We'll see. All right, stick around. We'll be right back for the second hour. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, you have to shake a face. I'm shaking like a dog shitting peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders. Look, take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere. 
Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole type of movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, really. <laughs> keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. All right, gang, just like that, we are in the second hour. I can tell you what top men weren't doing very well, keeping track of time. Maybe you uh, were wondering why you heard Tears for Fears about a minute and 30 seconds too long. Uh, I didn't count right. What do you want? Man, I am scared to death of my radio automation software, and heaven forbid, in front of you people, I make a mistake, and oh my lord, never hear the end of it. All right, email in Tuesday trivia guy. No way. He digs guy, but that's just stupid on steroids. Who's next? Paul from Barbecue Pitmasters Season 1. Maybe Kevin. Good smoke and luck, Roberts. Indispensable barbecue tool, Tongs. Best TV show. I watched almost no TV. Who cares? All right, John, way to reach out. Way to go out on a limb. Let's see. Nice words from a listener. Do I want to call... Coles? Oh, Columbus, Ohio. All right. I have been... Uh, this is a... Now, listen to this. This is Meathead reading. Sending me a letter from a listener. Dear Meathead, I've been listening to you on the Barbecue Central radio show for over a year now. Have I had him on that long? I really enjoy your segments on the show. I wanted to drop you a line and thank you for not only the great meat info, but your big, bad beef rub recipe. So simple yet so good. Add a lot of paprika to mellow out the black pepper just a bit for the girls at my house. Uh, rest stay as directed. Turned out to be the tastiest brisket done so far. I am now reading everything on your website, learning a lot more. Thank you for being a voice of clarity while the Internet is chock full of mere opinions that are touted as fact. I enjoy here uh, forward to reading and hearing from you more in the future with great content. I think that was more of a applaud at me for having Meathead on my show. I don't know. All right. Let's review the Survey Tuesday questions. We'll get your answers here, too. Fire them up as you hear them. Should Guy Fieri be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame? And again, Guy kind of drawing a necessary fire. I don't have anything against Guy personally. Seems like a good enough guy. Uh, but should he be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame? Yes or no? Question number two. Most important barbecue tool. Question number three. Best TV show right now on television. You name it, I say it. So, for me, in order, should Guy Fieri be in Barbecue Hall of Fame? I go with no. Most important barbecue tool. I'm going with the Thermapet or Thermometer. Therm thermometer is easily the most important tool that you're going to have in a barbecue or grilling. you got to know where your temperature's right. You can flip it all over you want, but if it's not the right temperature, you're going to kill everybody. Best TV show on TV right now. Uh, I love Grimm. Love it. It's not realistic. I don't care. I want to be a Grimm. I would love it. Programming note next week on the show. Ray Lampy. Wait, no. That's this week. Oh, crap. That's the only thing I didn't fix. All right, hold on a second. Next week is the 5th, I believe. So if we go to the month, we go to June, uh, Meathead is going to be joining us next week. And uh, Sean Rice, for those people that read blogs, Sean Rice has a, a tasty blog out there called Meet Me. Like meat, 
what you eat and me like M E meet me. So go ahead and check him out. I think it's a a free blogspot site. So uh, just Google uh, meet me blog, and that should pop up right in your Google search results. So that's what's on uh, next week. Uh, second takes. Let me. Is Huck Jr. in tonight? He's going to get a kick out of this. You know, I'm I'm outside sales guy. I have a uh, concealed carry weapons permit, so I'm allowed to carry my gun concealed, which you need to have if you're going to carry it. And more and more and more and more, let's get him off. I see this in each and every, could be up to 80% of the calls that I am making. I am seeing this sign hanging in the doors. What is that forcing me to do? Well, it forces me to be legal and go disarm. I don't believe it. Let's re-go over exactly what this sign means. This sign means this. You, business owner, are making sure that somebody who is legally allowed to carry a concealed weapon, who has gone through all of the legal training that is required by whatever state that you're in, and a lot of states are now... Uh, reciprocating concealed carry permits from state to state and allowing you to to carry you know from from one state to uh, to next state there is law being introduced or there are uh, bills being introduced that would require every state in the lower 48 except for i believe uh illinois some other state that if you have a concealed carry permit that you you have no reason to, you can just carry right over from state line to state line to state line. This sign is not keeping your business safe, okay? It, it is not doing anything to keep your workers safe. It's not doing anything to keep your CFO safe. If you lay somebody off, that doesn't mean that they're going to trip out and uh, shoot you because they were carrying a weapon on them. It doesn't. Here's the update that I just want to make sure we're all on the same page with. That sign doesn't keep anybody safe. That sign allows the people that are legally and morally, ethically upholding laws that they became fully aware of now get the opportunity to not come armed. Because if I'm going to commit a crime, let me tell you something. I don't care. I don't care if this sign is in your doorway. I don't care if this sign is in your doorway. If I'm going to come and shoot you, I'm going to come and shoot you. I'm not going to see that sign and go, hey, uh-oh, no guns here. No guns here. Better go shoot up the next place. It just doesn't happen. These signs need to be taken down immediately, if not sooner. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Pitmaster Season 3 is coming up, and there's going to be a sneak preview tomorrow. Here's who's going to be on it, ladies and gentlemen. Spoiler alert. Pitmaster Season 3 sneak preview will include the names Hank Vaden, apologies, Cotton Patch Cooking Crew, guest of the show once or twice or three times, Big Jim Stansel, Bare Knuckles Barbecue. Thirdly, some guy I never heard of, Solomon Williams, Carolina Rib King. And they are cooking Wagyu brisket and tri-tip. So there you go. I don't know uh, if Jim had been trying to get on or Solomon or Hank. Uh, These are guys that I don't know of personally. 
Um, aside from Jim, who has been on the show a number of times, I know he does compete, and he does fairly well. And then, of course, you have the June 3rd episode, which I guess could be the premiere episode. Teams that will be on that show. How about a guy by the name of Donnie Bray, Warren County Pork Choppers? Ever heard of him? How about that one guy, what's his name? Oh, yeah, Big Mo Kason is in. How about, uh, what's that girl's name that just won the uh, Memphis and... Oh, yeah, Melissa Cookston. She's in June 3rd episode. They are going to be cooking butts and ribs. So I've seen both of these shows in their rough cut entirety. And for all of the negative talk that season two got, the host, what he had said prior to the show, even starting about boiling ribs, the sidewinder challenges, the making it as much non-barbecue as possible with still having Pitmaster in the title. What I've come to realize is, and if I'm being honest with myself, I'm probably just not a a barbecue TV guy. And what that means is this. It doesn't mean that I don't support anybody who's on the show and that I'm not happy for them or anything. I love everybody that's on the show. I want them to do well. I want them all to win. But as far as format of the show and content and is it keeping me involved, for me it's missing something, and it's the personal element. There isn't enough time for me to, to get attached. You win, you go right to the finals. You win, you go right to the finals. And for me, that that's not the best way to do television. For me, you know, I like the uh, deadliest catch because they're doing the same thing over and over again. They're cooking brisket over and over again. But I, over the course of the season, I get to know the captain. I get to know the deckhand, the, the greenhorn. There's a emotional investment for me. I can't get that emotional investment from seeing Donnie, Melissa, Moe, Solomon, Jim, and Hank cook you know, briskets and uh, ribs and butts and, and tri-tips. Because they win and they go right on. It's not all the same. The judges, uh, Myron Mixon, Tuffy Stone, this other guy that I don't remember what his name is. We'll talk a little bit more about it with uh, Jim Shaheen when he comes on here in just a bit. But first, let me have you uh, take your barbecue to the next level, the Barbecue Institute class. Pitmaster Conrad Teddy Bear Haskins uses his years of catering and restaurant experience combined with food, science, and smoking secrets to help you understand how to improve your barbecue. Now, backyard barbecuers and those folks who want to open a business drive and fly in from all over the Institute's small, friendly, and formative classes. The Barbecue Institute has a full schedule of classes right now, covering everything from short fajita classes to an all-day class on how to smoke the classics, the briskets, the pork butts, the ribs, the chickens. The premier class of the year is coming up June 2nd and 3rd at the McKinley Spring Winery in Prosser, Washington State. It's set in the beautiful Horsehaven Hills AVA. This is Conrad's favorite location to teach the barbecue class. And in addition to the menu listed on the website, there will be an additional side and Dutch oven desserts, too. And the special announcement that we've made weeks ago now is there's going to be a whole hog class on Sunday as well. Now, look, learn the differences between cooking with charcoal, with gas, with logs, wood pellets. They can all produce amazing results yet require a different route to get there. Learn the practical secrets and the food science 
on the methods to get the best results from each heat source. Now, while not teaching classes on the weekends, Conrad is conducting private classes and corporate events from coast to coast during the week. He also founded OPBBQ.com in 2004 and still barbecues for troops and wounded warriors. Now, to make your off-site party a really memorable event, have a Barbecue Institute off-site event. Show your employees you care with the very best barbecue money can buy. They will be taking... They'll be taking it home, but they'll be talking about it for years to come, I guarantee it. Now, for more details, you go to bbqinstitute.com. That's where you can find about all the classes. Again, it's bbqinstitute.com. Man, and the prices are phenomenal. It's not 750 bucks, a couple hundred bucks. You get top-notch knowledge. bbqinstitute.com. That's where you want to go. Conrad Teddy Bear has All right, when we come back, we're going to be talking with Jim Shaheen from the Washington Post, the writer of the Smoke Signals blog. Stick around. We will be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. 14 past the hour of 10 o'clock, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Don't forget, coming up in about 20 minutes from now, Scott Roberts is going to be talking about some sauce and rub, his most recent reviews. But before that, my next guest tonight writes for the Washington Post. He does the Smoke Signals blog that comes out on Tuesdays. We had him on the show a little bit more than a month ago to rave reviews and here to talk about some more barbecue and grilling items. Jim Shaheen joins us here on the show. Jim, how are you, bud? Appreciate you uh, making time for the show, Jim. Uh, Always happy to have you. Now... There's a number of topics that we could talk about here, Jim, and maybe we should start uh, right where I left off. Uh, Barbecue Pitmasters Season 3. Uh, you were able uh-huh. to, to get an advanced uh, screening or whatever you call it on these uh, rough cuts, just as I was. As someone uh-huh. who saw Season 1, you saw Season 2, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me that when Season 1 was out, it was under a little bit of fire. People were kind of, you know, nitpicking about this, nitpicking about that. But then... Season two came out, and all of a sudden, season one was like the industry gold standard on what competition barbecue TV should be. And that season two was a complete debauchery. Your review of season three is what for us? Um, it's hard to say what season three is going to end up being, but right now, so far, the screener looks a little promising. I mean, I think I looked at season one again uh, before I watched the screener. Uh, for the season three. And I got to tell you, you know, it's interesting because I understand a lot of what, you know, you're talking about in terms of what was said on season one. Um, But I thought it's like an old album that you're not sure if it's going to stand up very well. And it actually surprised me how well it was done and how well it stood up. I, I thought there was an awful lot of that, especially maybe for people who don't know a lot about competitive barbecue, but even for those who maybe do, uh, there's a lot of stuff I thought that was pretty good in season one. And so in any event, I watched it again um, just for a baseline, I guess. And um, and the screener, um, it's hard to tell, I think, really in the end what season three will be like. But I, I think there are some 
I think they took some good elements um, from from season one, and um, I like the idea that they have, of course, barbecue people doing judging this time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hopeful. All right, so you know when you when you look back at season one and you see, I guess how much people loved it. Do you find it hard to believe at all that no one would be willing, and when I say no one, I mean of a of a TV ilk or a broadcast ilk, that no one would want to at least follow up with that kind of a recipe or say, okay, well, instead of having you know, three or four teams we're going to follow, we're going to hitch our wagon to Johnny Trigg or we're going to hitch our wagon to Harry Sue or whoever, and we're going to follow him around for whatever his competition season is. And mm-hmm. the crux of the show is going to be, him at competition barbecue, but where people are going to be drawn back each and every week is what's happening with Harry Sue in between competition barbecue, which is where I kind of think a lot of these other reality shows that are popular, mm. like the Deadliest Catches I was talking about, they're, they're fishing all the time. It's not nothing is changing. They're cooking brisket all the time. Nothing is changing. Right. It's the emotional investment to the guy pulling out the pot or getting to know what a dick that the uh, captain is for the boat. <laughs> That really seems to at least draw me in and a lot of these other viewers. I, I just can't believe that nobody else would latch on to that. No, I know exactly what you mean. And I've thought about this myself. And it's interesting to me that we don't really get sort of that character development that you get in a lot of these cooking shows and reality shows. Um, you get a glimpse of it. Um, but you don't sort of latch onto the characters uh, as as you might uh, some of these other shows. And I, I agree with you, and I understand what you're saying, and I've thought about this quite a bit myself. Um, and why they don't do that, I don't know. Um, and perhaps, uh, you know, the, the, the blog site uh, Grilling with Rich tomorrow night is doing a uh, – a conversation with John Marcus, and maybe they'll talk a little bit about that because I'd love to know what seems to you and I to perhaps be something of an obvious thing to do. Obviously, they have thought about this, so it's it's curious to me why they ch- why it changes so much from season to season, and why they don't think of ways for us to be able to follow the characters a little bit more deeply. Jim Shaheen joining us here on the show. He writes the uh, Smoke Signals blog on the Washington Post. Uh, so that's you know season three. You know we'll see how it actually plays out here. Uh, we have the sneak peek tomorrow, and then uh, June third will be I guess the uh, premiere episode. You know, did you were you happy with the contestant selection? I mean, there was kind of a, a balance of people you've never seen, and then people that were even just in season two already. Right. Um, yeah, I guess uh, on 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 balance, it, it it seemed okay. I mean, again, for me. Uh, it was just a screener, one you know episode, if you will, and so I'm sort of very interested to just see how this develops over, uh, uh, you know, over the coming you know ep- various episodes. It's interesting to me because barbecue is so 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 big, but it just I don't know why it isn't grabbing even larger on TV. Um, I mean, we all have our theories. We, there are certain aspects that we really like. There are certain aspects that we don't like. There are other aspects that we can accept, but we nitpick, whatever the case might be. Um, but it's, it's, it's sort of interesting to me that we have this phenomenon and this trend, and yet um, it just seems like more might, might be able to be done with this. All right. Uh, so kind of bridging over to the other hot topic that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is the Barbecue Hall of Fame. 
uh, it was kind of a stagnant process on the internet for the longest time. It was just kind of this website, and they had inducted a handful of people that you know, were deserving more or less. And now American Royals kind of bought it up, and they're going to do this whole brick-and-mortar thing. They've introduced a new class going in this year, Johnny Trigg under the pitmaster category, Henry Ford under business and industry, and then Guy Fieri in a celebrity category. I don't really have a problem with industry. I don't really have a problem with the pitmaster, but the celebrity category seems pretty vague. You know, from your opinion, you know, where do you weigh out on that whole thing? Well, you know, I think I weigh in on that um, – I'm not sure why they're adding a celebrity category. I, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know if they get, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to speculate uh, because I don't have any information about it. Um, but I think those of us who really care about, if you, those of us who are sort of would call ourselves keepers of the flame, if you will, and there's many of us, and we keep that flame differently, and we hold it different ways, and we uh, light it certainly different ways. Um, but those of us who really keep care deeply about barbecue, I think, uh, want the spotlight mainly to be on those who have contributed those things that are important about barbecue. I mean, to me, uh, there are certain aspects about barbecue in American life that are just so uh, sort of deeply embedded, uh, whether that be on just the cuisine itself, whether it be on the regional differences, whether it be on politics, whether it be on race, whatever it is, I think those sorts of things, we could really make a, a truly interesting Hall of Fame slash museum if that were, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, it, it could be a an amazing place to visit that tells us something about ourselves in a very deep way. And so personally, I mean, I'd be really interested in getting, you know, Walter Jenton in there, LBJ's former uh, pitmaster who, um, you know, what in 19, what was it? 1959, I think, uh, where he was running for president and he had Walter Jenton do this big barbecue for the Mexican president and even former president Truman was there. And I mean, and there's something more than just LBJ that in and of itself to me is interesting, but there's something even more interesting about that. And it's about the idea of this, you know, this craggy West Texan, um, or Hill Country Texan, excuse me, not West Texan, and coming to the White House and bringing his culture with him in a very tangible way, and that culture being the vehicle of barbecue. And there's so many, 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 many other um, examples that, that we could cite about that. And so to me, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how the – and I think it's really early to start um, slamming it. I think they've just – I think there's a lot of ideas that are germinating, and hopefully they'll reach out and get some, get some good ideas. Jim Shaheen joining us here on the show from the Washington Post. He writes the Smoke Signals blog. All right, one of the things that takes place in uh, Washington, D.C. each and every year, and it seems like it's it was gradually building steam, building steam, was a Safeway barbecue battle. Uh, for a while, it was actually a dual-sanctioned contest where you were doing an MBN-style cook, and then you were turning around and doing KCBS or vice versa, however it was you know scheduled. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it was two sanctioned events in one event. That has kind of gone away over the last couple of years where now it's just a KCBS event. You know, being around that area, John, what's the event like? Uh, How have you seen it grow or or the ebb and flow of this event? And, you know, just kind of your general feelings about that Safeway barbecue battle. Because, you know, some local boys won it last year, by the way. Some local boys won it. Pork Barrel Barbecue won it last year. Um, 
and they're you know going to try to defend their uh, you know their grand championship again this year. Um, and they'll be up against Johnny Trigg will be there, Myron Mixit will be there, uh, Cool Smoke will be there. There's going to be a lot of teams. I think there's uh, well a lot of teams. There's like 43 teams, and most of them come from the area. But there's going to be some good competition there, and um, it's uh, it's an interesting event in the sense that it closes Pennsylvania Avenue, which is the, the street right and goes from the White House to the Capitol. So it closes several blocks on Pennsylvania Avenue. And so that in and of itself is a pretty cool and interesting and fun kind of festival, if you will. And it's really more of a street fair than it is for a barbecue competition per se. There is obviously a barbecue uh, competition aspect to it, but there's lots of stuff about this that is, you know, very street fairish. It's almost like a small town uh, county fair or something. And, um, it's changed a lot. Uh, the very first one held 20 years ago was uh, in the um, parking lot of RFK Stadium. Um, and it had, um, speaking of various contributions to um, the barbecue or to America, um, it had former Black Panther Bobby Seale um, at that very first one. And he was uh, selling his book, Barbecuing with Bobby, um, at that very first, um, at that very first uh, one. So it's it's changed a lot. Uh, there were very few uh, competitors back then, of course, as always is the case. And then uh, it, it grew into this huge, um, uh, where the organizers say it over a hundred or one hundred ten thousand people over a couple of days' time. So you know, it's pretty it's pretty different now. Is it a, an event that really kind of generates some economy into the whole city there, or is it not that big of a deal? No, I would say it's a pretty big deal. Um, it is a very big deal. It's very – in fact, if there's a complaint about it, um, you know, when, when we talk about people talking about uh, aspects of things, be it TV shows or whatever it might be or Hall of Fames, uh, and, and in this case, it would be – the place is packed. It's, it can be hard to walk, um, and it, it's really, 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 really crowded. And uh, so a lot of people turn out for it. Um and, um, you know, so, yes, it generates a lot of money. This particular year will be something uh, of a poignant year because there's a guy who not many people know in music named Chuck Brown. And Chuck Brown was the patron saint of Washington, D.C. music. Um, he had a big, 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 big hit that a lot of people will remember uh, called Bustin' Loose. I feel like Bustin' Loose. And that song was in a genre called Go-Go. And Go-Go never really took off around the country, um, but it became the soundtrack for Washington, D.C. And uh, it's a very percussive sort of music that also includes Caribbean and jazz. And he just died recently. Um, in fact, they had the viewing today um, at the Howard Theater. And he played 12 years, I believe it was, in a row at the barbecue battle. And so he'll be missed. He'll be very, very deeply missed. Do you think there'll be like tribute bands trying to, to cover his songs and stuff? Or is it something that a lot of people that might know him will be just kind of talking about as they mill around and eat barbecue? Oh, they're definitely going to have a tribute. They've already got a tribute band scheduled. And the tribute band, I mean, to me, you can look at a lot of different ways of tribute bands. But in this particular case, I think it's the right thing to have done. They got people that actually played with him and played with him, if you will. I mean, his spirit's still very much alive, I think, here um, and uh, and others. And I think it will be uh, in the slot that he was supposed to have performed 
there will be a tribute band performing, and I think it's going to be a very moving uh, moment here in D.C. I mean, it was – to get a sense of it, you'd have to look at the Washington Post front page the day after he died. Um, and even – I forgot his name, but the, one of the moderators on, on C-SPAN said in all the years that he'd lived here, he never saw this kind of coverage for the death of anyone except for – a president of the United States. It's hard to tell you how much he meant sort of to hear what maybe say Stevie Ray Vaughan meant to Austin or something like that. And it's, um, you know, so, um, I think the tribute's going to be pretty moving. Yeah. It sounds like a local. It's definitely going to be missed. Jim Shaheen joining us here on the show, uh, writer for the Washington post. He does the smoke signals blog on Washington com. Jim, uh, what are some of the things you're going to be writing on here over the next few weeks on the blog that you might be able to let us in on? Boy, I wish I knew. <laughs> if you got any ideas, pass them my way. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, actually, the things I've got too many ideas, and it's trying to uh, get them all to work together as best you can and make them time out well and, and hope that the idea that you have for that week is the, you're choosing the right one. And I'll do probably something – well, I know I'm going to do uh, something more on Pitmasters because I've interviewed all three of the judges and I'm going to do something with that in the coming blog. And I've got uh, – I'll be doing a story on the uh, on the 20th anniversary of the um, of the barbecue battle. Uh, and, um, you know, I might be doing something on the Big Apple um, uh, barbecue event up in New York. Um, so, you know, just a lot of stuff and you kind of keep your ear to the ground and your eyes open and hope you're writing stuff that people are interested in. Uh, Jim, I've had, uh, Tim Grant from uh, true bud barbecue. You can see these are the, the shirt they just sent me. Um, they've been having a huge run of it. They just captured their seventh grand championship. So they've automatically qualified to go to the uh, Jack Daniels this year. We're you know roughly what five and a half almost six months in well almost six months into the uh, KCBS Team of the Year stretch. You have any prognostications on who you think might uh, take KCBS Team of the Year this year? You know I really don't. I um, watch those pretty carefully, and um, I find them always interesting. But it's like baseball right now. Who would have thought the Washington Nationals would be in first place in their division? at this time of the season. Um, and, uh, you know, when you live here, uh, spring sort of, you know, hope always springs eternal. You hope for the best. Uh, you prepare for the worst. Um, and it's sort of the same thing, I think, in, in barbecue competitions. You kind of keep your eye on them. You watch. You think, well, it might be this, it might be that. But I really try to stay away a little bit from the prediction business, Um because anything can happen. Um, we've seen it before, and we've seen some really great battles in the past. Um, so, no, I don't, I don't really have a, a prediction. All right. Uh, Jim Shaheen joining me here on the show. Uh, you can find his writings, the Smoke Signals blog, which is in the Washington Post. You can find it at WashingtonPost.com. Jim, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on tonight. Thank you so much, Greg. Great to be here. You got it. My pleasure. There he is, Jim Shaheen. And again, you can find him, uh, it's the Smoke Signals blog. You go to WashingtonPost.com. Unfortunately, he's the first to admit it, by the way, that his blog is not, it's not like they have smoke signals up at the top. You have to go, like, to the main page, and then I think there's, like, a lifestyles. No, not that kind of lifestyles. Centralites, not that kind. All right, now hold on a second. Chad, am I allowed to read this out loud?
All right, here we go. Uh, Chad Ward bet. Do I? Do we know this bet? All right, let me share it. This is from Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue, well-known alcoholic and seller uh, of blow. You take True Bud, Chad. Okay, I'll take True Bud. Chad is going to take Bubba Q. Lowest team in KCBS standings at the end of the year. You shave your head. If Bubba finishes ahead, he will shave. He being Chad will shave his head and facial hair if Bubba finishes behind. What do you think? Chad, isn't your hair already shaved? Isn't that a sucker's bet? I don't know if if that is. Well, I can tell you this. Unequivocally lock it down. At 10.33 and 15 and 16 and 17 seconds, I take the bet. I guarantee stone cold lead pipe lock. True Bud will finish ahead of Bubba Q. Yeah. Take that to the bank. So there you go. That's just showing you how confident I am in Tim Grant and making sure that he allows me to keep my ever so rapidly sprinting back hairline intact. And then this will be, and I'll do it on the E, I'll do it on the, I'll do it on air too. But I mean, this is months and months from now. This is till the end of the year, right? Above the end of the year. All right. So we have until the close of the year. All right. Central lights. You've heard it. We're on record. If True Bud finishes ahead of Bubba Q, Chad shaves his head. If True Bud finishes be- behind Bubba, well, that sounds bad in a whole different way. <laughs> if True Bud finishes, doesn't do as well as Bubba Q, I got to shave my head. No! Talk about people puking at their television screens. Gang, as many of you know, I have gotten a pellet cooker. First thing in my mind, barbecuers are like wood pellets. Why? Because they are the pellet when you are talking about all of this great stuff. Now, maybe you don't have a pellet cooker. No problem. You can still take advantage of the pellet revolution on your gas or charcoal grill or smoker by grabbing the cast iron pot option. Do yourself a favor. Nice sampler pack of pellets. You load that third cup into the pot and then place it in your cooker or grill. Let that sweet, succulent smoke take care of the rest. Now, maybe you're not familiar with pellets. Let me give you a little insight. When pellets are made, all of the air within the cellular structure of wood is evacuated. And it concentrates that wood in a more dense form, much denser than real wood. And it seals in the food, locking in the natural natural moisture, adding smoke flavor exactly when it's needed. What is this? Executive producer John Marcus calling into the show, but I'm going to read since pellets have been processed from sawdust and pressure, which generates heat, all of the contaminants are eliminated. The process produces a sterile smoking wood product of consistent quality. It's easy to blend wood flavors, produce consistent results each and every time with the use of barbecuers light wood pellets. Now, here's something to remember. When you're buying these barbecuers light wood pellets, the one-pound bags, it's all fruit wood, all flavor wood. But when you buy the bigger bags for your cookers, it's two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood. So keep that in mind. You need that uh, cohesion of recipe in order to get you that proper BTU temperature. Do yourself a favor. Grab some Barbecuers Delight wood pellets right now. You visit them at bbqrsdelight.com. That's bbqrsdelight.com. Stop messing with the chunks and the chips. Go to Barbecuers Delight, the choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks like me. 
barbecuers delight. All right, we'll step away. We're coming back with Scott Roberts right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back at it. 877-448-0433. My next guest tonight, uh, helping me close the show tonight, a monthly contributor to the show. He is a barbecue sauce and rub expert, at least on his show. He is also one of the foremost authorities on all things fiery food related. We race to the hotline in anxious anticipation. We pull up Scott Roberts. Scott, how are you, bud? Fantastic. How are you, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous. Scott, why no video? You're the technological guru, and yet we're not able to see your bald head. What's up? I prefer to be nude tonight. Nude? All right. I'll take it. I'm not, I mean, I won't take it in that way. Hold on a second. What the hell am I saying? No, no, no. Seriously, I got a new laptop, and I just didn't bother to install the software for the webcam. Gotcha. Uh, I could probably get around to doing it next month. All right. Well, that's all right. Now, look, uh, Scott, John Marcus is calling in. Should I, uh, should I pick him up, or should we do our segment? Pick him up, because I, I want to know more about the, uh, the, the new season here. All right. Hold on a second. Let me add him to the call. Okay. All right. Uh, John Marcus. Uh-oh. Hey, Greg. John, turn down your speakers. They're down. All right. John Marcus, ladies and gentlemen. John, you're on with uh, Scott Roberts as well. Hey, John. How's it going? Hey. Hi. Doing all right. How are you guys? John, what's up, buddy? Good. What can we do? John. Do we lose him? I don't think so. I see him. John, you there? I'm right here. What what's uh what what even beckons your call to the show, John? I'm completely overcome. Well, first of all, it's you know I I listen to this show on a regular basis. You have nothing better to do. You stumbled across the show, and you'd figured you'd lob me a phone call. Let's get it out of the way. Let's be honest. I'm. You're. What are you doing? Hey, Scott. How are you? I'm well, good. Uh, what's going on in your world? Uh-oh. Uh, I'm actually here at the Holiday Inn Express outside of Columbus, Ohio. Oh, John, and you did why aren't you up here in studio? I've, I, I'm here, but uh, should I call in? Am I getting any feedback or something? Can you guys hear me? Uh, no, I mean I can hear you as long as you're not uh, as long as you don't have the other speakers on. So you I mean you're if you're listening to the show, otherwise you're 55 seconds behind. <laughs> okay, got gotcha. you. Hold yes. on a second. Yeah, I, I hear a bit of a delay on his end. Right. Well, as long as I don't hear, well, it, I don't care about you, Scott. I think I'm still 55 seconds behind, but that's the way I am in life. Well, it's, it's, sometimes that's the only way to go through life, John. I got to say. Uh, but uh, I honestly, I was here sitting in the hotel room and I, I turned on the show and I thought I haven't talked to you in a while. And, you know, I do have this premiere that's happening tomorrow night. Yeah, we've we've briefly mentioned. But, John, I have to tell you, this was Scott Roberts scheduled appearance. Are you taking away time from him on purpose? I mean, what is going on here? Far be it for me to any way impact on <laughs> Scott Roberts time. And I apologize for that. And if. Scott wants to tell me something to promote that's that he's involved with. I'll do that. 
Well, look, uh, Scott Roberts can always be rescheduled at least 10 minutes from now. So, look, John. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to do this to, to Scott, but, you know, Greg, I hey, always hey, like hey, to temperature. Hey, John, just send me a lovely fruit basket and we'll call it even. <laughs> uh, would it be okay to send you some Big Bob Gibson's barbecue sauce instead? Even better. Right. That, and then Scott can uh, review that, and then we can talk about it next month. Now, uh, John, you have uh, season three is going to be uh, sneak peeking tomorrow, and then uh, I guess the like the premiere episode would be June third. Is that correct as far as uh, delineation? That's exactly right. We sneak peek tomorrow night, and then we're in our regular time slot on Sunday. All right. So uh, what we see. Uh, tomorrow night is actually part of the show. This isn't just like something and then they don't count. This is all part of the show. This is all part of the show. It's the first episode, which will be actually the official premieres on Sunday. But you could see if you miss it Wednesday, you can see it Sunday. All right. So in this particular show, uh, which is going to be tomorrow at 10 p.m. on a station we've never heard of, Wagyu Brisket and Tri-Tip are going to be the uh, the uh, ingredients of choice. And your choice of contestant, we have uh, Hank Viden. Is, am I saying his last name right, John? Uh, Is it Viden or Vaden? I think it's I think it's Vaden. All right, Hank Vaden, Cotton Patch Cooking Crew. You have Big Jim Stance, who's actually been on this show a number of times. Bare Knuckles Barbecue, and then Solomon Williams, the Carolina Rib King. That's um, right, the Carolina Rib King. We. Uh, was was on the show as well. A very colorful, great barbecue chef. Uh, no pun intended. Now, you have these three guys and the setting, because I was able to, to kind of see, Scott, were you able to, to see the screeners on these or no? Uh, I, I did, yeah, just a little bit. All right, so Scott and I have both seen the screeners uh, as far as Rough Cut is concerned, so we don't actually know what's going to play out uh, tomorrow night and then on June 3rd because we were both able to see that episode as well. Are you happy with how the show has been in Final Cut and as far as you know, the consuming public we were talking about with a couple of the other guests tonight? Season one, you know, now held as the gold standard of whatever barbecue television is supposed to be. Season two, the antithesis of that. So where does season three come out now that you've shot it? I know we talked about it in the past previously as far as what you were conceptualizing, but you got the teams in, you were able to shoot it. It's all finished now. How does it rank for you as far as all of the shows that you've ever done? You know, I have to say that uh, what we had in uh, season one on TLC, which was a docudrama about uh, the teams and following them along the circuit, and then on season two we had a game show, so I think what we've managed to do is go back to authentic barbecue. We're going back. There's no stunt meats here. There's no uh, something from the sea or something from the ground. Uh, it's real barbecue stuff. So I think that uh, the way the show's playing out, it like feels true to the sport. Competition barbecue, very respectful of true low and slow cooking. And the excitement of people competing against each other. So uh, I'm thrilled with that as well as having, you know, barbecue judges that are ultimately very qualified to be doing this. Yeah, you have Tuffy Stone, you have Myron Mixon, and then uh, the guy whose name I was going to write down earlier and I forgot. Aaron uh, Franklin. Aaron Franklin, right, who is lauded to be a, a a god of cooking barbecue with very little seasoning. No, you know, doesn't inject or anything like that, but... It, 
know, somehow these things just come out uh, oozing juice all over the place and they're flavorful beyond reproach. How, how do these guys I gotta work tell you, together? I got a, a chance to get to know Aaron. Yeah. Uh, and first of all, aside from being a great guy and a gentleman and somebody who really is a, a, a wonderful representative of what barbecue is, I think the guy is a true savant. One of the true, I've only met two true barbecue geniuses in my time. And Aaron Franklin has discovered, because he builds the pits he cooks on. So he starts from the beginning. He's the, got the welder's mask on. This guy is from the ground up, a barbecue guy. And he has found the holy grail in designing the right physics of a cooker. Is he going to be like the next Jambo Pit guy? Would would he go into a, a commercial line, you think, at some point? You know, I, I certainly don't want to speak for him. But let, let's just say I have never met anybody who has a mastery that is so deep and profound as Aaron Franklin's. Wow. And that's speaking from somebody who owns a Jambo Pit. I own a Jambo Pit. I own a Jedmaster. You know, uh, I own an Eggs. I own a Horizon. I, I have a lot. I have I'm, I'm what's sometimes called a collector, but I but I got to tell you in he and he's very open and generous with with things. And he didn't give me the exact build, uh, you know, the measurements of how he does this. But he, I, I would not bet against Aaron Franklin in anything that he does. Now, as he's far- that formidable. And he's that focused. He's really got it in his blood. John Marcus uh, graciously just uh, kind of uh, freelancing right into the show here tonight, which we certainly appreciate. I'm also on with Scott Roberts. Uh, John, how did the three judges work together? Obviously, last year, you know, the host came under a, a little bit of fire, no pun intended. How did these guys work together? Uh, what's great about looking at the panel of three is you have three very different approaches to what barbecue is. I mean, Tuffy Stone, uh, I would speak of in the same breath I talk about Aaron. Uh, Tuffy has the added benefit of being a French-trained chef and someone who understands down to the molecule what makes great barbecue. And he can talk about it endlessly. He just loves the whole science of barbecue. So he, he's very and – he, and he really cares and he's a kind man, but he, his standards are very high. So you have him, and then you have Aaron Franklin, who is somebody who is like, you know, the new kid on a block. He's a bit of a hipster. He, it's like there's, he's got a great look to him, and he's just kind of like everything is there's no sweat to what he does. There's no, you know, it's one of those masteries where you don't see the work, and he's like that as a judge, but tough, surprisingly tough. And, you know, then you have Mixon in the middle, and everybody knows what you get with Myron. So... It's an amazing, uh, I, it was sort of like a kind of looking up at the, you know, at the triad when you were looking at those three. It, 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 and, they, and they're so different that there were some clashes inevitably. There were surprises, believe me, along the way. I think that barbecue people, barbecue fanatics like us, are going to love hearing these three men talk about barbecue. So I guess this is where the most important question comes up, because inevitably, John, we've had conversations over and over again about our niche, the people that love barbecue, the people that are passionate about barbecue. But inevitably, that percentage of people 
is minuscule compared to everybody else that is the exact opposite of us. Somebody that might do it occasionally once or twice a year, or they don't know the difference between the terms barbecue or grilling. How do you think that's going to appeal to them? Because ultimately, this is probably the base that you need to kind of rope in and hook to keep the show going on and on and on. Uh, well, that's true. The challenge is to keep the devotees, the fanatics, you know, the true believers in barbecue, to keep them happy. And I'm one of them, so I know how to keep us happy. But then at the same time, there is your lasso has to be large enough to include people who just are watching from the sidelines, who they're in the bleachers. We're people that we're on the field taking the hits, and then you have the people in the bleachers. But I have to tell you, Greg, uh, what I'm finding out, because I live in New York, uh, I'm a Yankee, I'm upstate, I'm in Connecticut, I'm in Pennsylvania. What I'm finding out is that because of pitmasters and because of, and because of, you know, uh, uh, um, because of your show, because of other types of like getting the word out there. And of course you had that great Washington post writer on Jim. Yep. Um, there is like a there is like basically a widening out of what barbecue is. I I have to no longer explain what low and slow is as much as I used to. So I, I think there's a shifting sand in all of this, and that we've kind of hit that point now, the tipping point where there's now going to begin to be a larger national knowledge of what barbecue is, thanks to all of us talking about it. Scott, do you have any uh, questions for John Marcus while he's on here? Uh, I, I was just going to basically ask him, uh, I guess, the format of it. W would it be, I, I guess, closer to, and the name escapes, escapes me, the, the, the one-off show that was on CBS about a year ago. Was it the, the Ultimate, ultimate Showdown? The Ultimate Showdown. W would you consider the format to be closer to that? Because I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, well, first of all, the, what I thought you were going to ask me, Scott, is why in the hell are you interrupting my segment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John, answer that first and then answer Scott's question second. You know, Scott, yes, I, honestly, I feel like Bob Hope walking onto the set of The Tonight Show in 1982. <laughs> uh, and here you were, you were killing, you were about to have your segment. So I apologize for that. We'll get to Scott uh, it's, later it's tonight. No Don't worry about it. Uh, so, so go ahead, John. I, the, the well, floor okay, is and, yours. and Greg, find out from Scott what I owe him and I will send it to him. Yes, no problem. Um, I'll get it but right to you. I, I, I'm, I was also a big fan of the Ultimate Barbecue Showdown. I thought it was a great, spirited, lively barbecue show. And it's, you know, we further pioneered the whole concept of uh, judging in front of that television monitor in the pit where the contestants would watch their food being judged live. And that really kind of came, came to kind of full fruition there. But, but, I mean, honestly, I think that what, we get back to here is we go to where the events are. And when you're at an actual barbecue competition, you can't help but get some of the energy of that locale and of that style of cooking bleed into what the pitmasters are doing. So it's like a hybrid of all the shows together. Now, the television portion of that where you can watch the viewing or the reaction to judges actually born from uh, season one of Barbecue Pit Masters at the Johnny Trigg rib shootout, right? Uh, actually, the whole concept of the pit, uh, I came up with that for the Outdoor Life Network All-Star Barbecue Showdown. 
Oh, so even that farther was the kind than of that. Wow. We used where we put the judges in a uh, in a trailer talking about the food, and we put the cooks in a separate trailer. This seems and, to be and, a, and a, a good. We first did it there. It, it's it's kind of like a good. Uh, it's blind judging, but it's not blind judging all at the same time. So you're actually able to to kind of elicit the reaction from the people because they know who they're judging, but the judges don't know. So they almost feel like a little less obligated to not hold back. They can really just kind of blow with both barrels. Well, that's what's great about it. I mean, yes, we had a real fun session on the Johnny Trigg Showdown TLC Season 1. That was really the most fun I think we've ever had with that. But it is true blind judging in the sense that the judges are going to talk openly about the food. And I really kept an eye on the three judges because I wanted to make sure that nobody was guessing whose food it was. And indeed, it was true. They just weren't able to. They just spoke about the food on its own merit. And it really is very provocative. And you see a lot of reactions from pitmasters this year that are over the top. You know, they, they, their feelings are hurt. So when we're looking at this season, season three, and I'm trying to recount if I had asked you this question before. I asked uh, Jim Shaheen, who was on a segment before uh, us talking here tonight, when, uh, so I, you know, I watched both screeners and I said, "Look, I'm happy for all the teams, and I've talked to a lot of them. I haven't talked to a lot of them, uh, to be honest, but I've talked to some of them. So anybody that I've talked to, or anybody that's on the circuit, you know, obviously I, I hope good things happen. Uh, you know, show karma attaches and people win unexplained. I mean, I can't even explain that. But I guess for me, as I'm watching it." Because the show is so quickly moving, and by that I mean through, you know, you win one, boom, you're into the finals. I don't have the ability to build an emotional investment in, you know, um, in, in a Melissa Cookston or, or whoever who, who wins, you know, whatever. You know, so if he or she moves on, it's not like they're going to compete three or four or five more times during the course of the show, right. and then they go into the finals. You win, you're in. So I don't get that emotional investment into the person to, I guess, I don't want to say not care enough, but it's missing something for me where on Deadliest Catch or some of these other shows, they're still doing the same thing, just like these guys are still cooking brisket or ribs. But I get to know the captain being a douche, and I get to know the greenhorn throwing up over the side of the bow all the time. There's a disconnect for me there, and... I would be more apt to TiVo and watch it at convenience and make an appointment setting. Do you find that to be a potential pitfall for this? And I know you don't really have too much to do with it because you're kind of given the space to make the time and everything fit. Would you obviously like more right. time to do that? or And do you think you're going to be able to hook enough people? Uh, well, I think, I mean, that's a very valid point. And that's what, it, that's what, um, why we feel the pressure to cast the show that you care about each separate segment. So in other words, every episode is going to have three people and hopefully you're going to get invested in those people toward the show itself. But then, you know, the true goal of our show, Greg, is to crown the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is to get 15 people to throw them all in the pot and to pick a winner at the end of it. So it's like you can't have it all. And I agree with what you're saying. That's a sort of another kind of show. And if we get another season, you're probably going to see some things that begin to happen along those lines. Do you ever foresee a time where you might be able to 
you know, talk to a, a broadcast company or production company that would buy into an idea of hitching the trailer to a pitmaster. And the big concept of the show was following them around, you know, to 35 different competitions during the course of the year. But you're also able to kind of take a peek in at what's happening to them throughout the competitions, in between competitions, traveling to competitions, in more of a format like we were talking about with some of the other shows that seem to be really successful as far as reality TV is concerned, or is that just well, un- know, unreasonable to think? That it, we've talked about this before, and one of the one of the one of the downfalls uh, of attempting to do this with barbecue is different than all the other things that you mentioned. Barbecue is something that just takes a long time to do. You know, you're investing eight hours to 14 hours in a piece of meat and how it's smoked. So it's really difficult to create the kind of excitement you would get on the deadliest catch <clears throat> or, or, you know, on or shooting an alligator in the head. You well, know well, what I mean? It's well, a whole no. different ball well, of wax. Here's the... Certainly, <laughs> shooting an alligator in the head is far more exciting than injecting a brisket. It really is, although not to me. Of course not. However, and in fact, I actually use a twenty-two caliber pistol <laughs> to inject my brisket. But here's here's my counterpoint to I'm that, John. All man, Ray. I there's I that is beyond reproach. That statement. I won't even begin <laughs> to question it now. But here's what I rebut with. And you know TV better than I do. Currently, you've done a number of shows. I've still done zero, so you have that on me. But you can't tell me that those rednecks aren't in the creek for 24 hours or for six hours or for eight hours just sitting there doing nothing. I'm not a fool. There's obviously editing going on, and they're not just going in there and plucking them off, right? That's right. So how come that can't be packaged into, like, shooting brisket? Well, the problem is you might be sitting there for hours, but at the end of the day, you shoot an alligator in the head. So, so at the very <laughs> all right. So, so there's a payoff for that. You know, you, you say tomato, I say tomato. <laughs> hey, by the way, I got to say one thing here, and then I'm going to let Scott have his segment. One is um, the the man who really pulled swamp people people together. Yeah, who made it the show that is, who actually galvanized it, uh, is Brian Catalina, who directed and show ran season one on TLC of Barbecue Pitmasters. It should come as no surprise, right? Yep, that's the same guy. He's a big talent, a wonderful guy. And then the second thing I wanted to say is, by the way, I'm going to be tweeting live during the sneak peek uh, tomorrow night. So anyone who follows my Twitter account, BBQ Pitmasters, um, they'll be able to see me tweeting live about the show, a little behind-the-scenes gossip and things that happen. All right, so follow John on Twitter, at BBQ Pitmasters. He will be live tweeting during the show. Now, John... Look, I'm I'm not here to give you career advice by any stretch of the imagination. Yes. But doing a live question and answer with grilling with Rich? <laughs> I don't want to use the terms career and suicide in the same sentence, but draw your own conclusions. Well, listen, I look, if there's a if there's a cat fight in the works, I want to foment this. This is good. <laughs> Absolutely uh, not. But I will say that uh, that that Rich is uh, someone who promotes barbecue very well, and he's he's a good guy, and he asked me to. And, you know, Greg, I didn't get any requests coming out of your camp for anything like that, so what can I tell you? <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, it's a big, big fresh fry here in the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios. <laughs> That's why I have Emmy Award-winning producers call me. I don't go unsolicited. That's right, anymore. sir. 
Absolutely. All right. Uh, this is John Marcus, by the way. This is not something planned out. This is not a shtick. Uh, John, hopefully the next time that you're actually in the Buckeye State, you can lob me a phone call. Maybe I could actually you know, come down and we could do a remote live broadcast or something like that. I have that ability. Greg, you say the word and I'll do it. Now, I mean, you know, I may be coming through your area or anytime you're in my area, let's do it. I'd be more than happy to. All right. That would be absolutely fabulous. We'll talk about air. Uh, we'll talk off air about uh, actually okay. maybe and setting Scott, that up. Someday. My apologies to you, my friend. Thank you very much. It's quite all right. Uh, to make up for it, just give me. An executive producer credit on season four. Oh, there That's you go. Hey, why should you be left out? That's right. No doubt about it. Again, uh, follow <laughs> John. Right, follow Thank John on Twitter much. at BBQ Pitmasters. He'll be tweeting live on the show tomorrow night, and uh, then you have the premiere episode June third. Barbecue Pitmasters season three. Executive producer John Mark is joining us here on the show. John, thanks for calling in tonight. Thanks, guys, and I uh, look forward to hearing everyone's reaction and continuing the discussion. Take you got care. It. Take care. There he is, Bye-bye. John Marcus. Wow. Take care, John. All right, thank God he's gone. I know. That guy just continued to talk and talk and talk. The balls on this guy. Can you imagine? Sky have the foremost fiery food guy of all time. Well, second to Dave DeWitt. And I don't think he's going to be lobbying any phone calls into the show. And uh, this John you know, Marcus fellow has the balls to call in and rip your uh, segment. Uh, what? Who does this guy think he is? Outrageous. Scott, I apologize. It's quite all right. All right so let's go ahead and Things do like it anyway. Uh, Scott Roberts joins us once a month. We talk about uh, rubs and sauce. A note to anybody hanging around, we're actually going to do this segment, so uh, we might be 13, 14, 15 minutes late. Uh, so stick around if you want and ask Scott your questions. Scott, before we get into uh, the rubs and the sauces tonight, uh, what is happening in the world of fiery foods? I watch your uh, tweets every so often. It sounded like there were some things kind of shaking around this week. Uh, yeah, the weekend before uh, Memorial Day weekend, there was a Peppers at the Beach event in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, a uh, great little event there at uh, the hot sauce store there. And um, he, he's not a competitive eater, but a good friend of mine is a friend of a lot of chili heads and bloggers out there. His name is Steve the Machine Smallwood. He actually set two world records in eating chili peppers within a one-minute period. So the previous uh, Guinness world record for eating ghost chilies was three in one minute. He ended up eating eight. An hour later, he set a new record of eating eight Trinidad Scorpion chili peppers in one minute. Really? Yes. Just to say he did it. I mean, was there cash award on the line, or is he just saying, I'm the guy that did it and, you know, eat me? Just for the prestige. Wow. And is there prestige? The name is Sheen. I, he has <laughs> to be built like a machine somehow with his uh, digestive system. Oh. I mean, we all went out later. He had, you know, some ribs and other things to eat for dinner. What? Didn't affect them at all. Wow. Not even uh, out the other end the next morning. Is he, like, sweating? Does he, does he shaking at all when he's, I mean, that is a superior amount of some of the hottest peppers you're going to find on the face of the earth. He wasn't. He might have sweated a little bit just from being outside because the uh, challenges were done outside. But this guy is cool as a cucumber, uh, just as calm as can be. It's unbelievable. Just uh, 
answering back to a guy that's in Moscow, Russia, listening to the show. Bad news is the barbecue forum is blocked over there. Of course it does. That website is atrocious. Uh, well, evidently, they don't block anything about barbecue, which is always good. All right, so that guy ate a lot of peppers and really didn't get any type of effect. Like a normal human being, if you eat five, six of those, um, like could you could you die from stuff like that, potentially? Not really. Um, it, it really probably depends on some rare, I, I guess, a rare combination of conditions. Um, it, most likely, no. There, there's nothing... I, I would say that we'd be highly poisonous or anything like that. It's it just not really recommend that. I, I wouldn't recommend anyone who would try something like that. Like With one, me, I'd probably get extreme stomach cramping. If I go to uh, like Quaker Steak and Lube, and you look all the way up on the Scoville meter that they have, they have like a five hundred thousand or whatever. That's like their highest triple X hot or whatever they call it, and they make you sign a release. Does that mean like some people could have a, a cardiac event, or you're going to throw a clot or stroke out? It would be very, very rare that something like that would happen. They, they just do it to cover their own asses. All right. Good. Just in case something would happen. But most likely, nothing at all would happen. Cool. All right. So very cool things happening in uh, Fiery Foods. You can catch up with Scott, of course, at uh, scottrobertsweb.com. You can also follow him on Twitter, at Scott Roberts. And uh, we'll go ahead and go into the rub section of tonight's review. One of my favorite manufacturers of all things barbecue rub related, the Dizzy Pig Shaken the Tree Rub. Tell us a little bit about that one. Okay. Now, this one is a lemon pepper rub. Uh, I, if you know anything about me, I'm not crazy about that combination of flavors. Uh, I, I consider it to be more of a flavor from the 90s. Uh, like Whenever I was in my 20s, I mm-hmm. really experimented with the flavor combination. It really rubbed me long way no pun intended but this stuff is actually really good because uh dizzy pig really does add other things to balance out the flavor it's actually a sweet rub and just adds a little bit of some lemon peel and some lemon zest to add a tiny bit of a flavor so it's not your traditional uh lemon pepper seasoning at all as a matter of fact i tried it on all kinds of odd things like uh, garlic bread with mozzarella cheese. Um, I tried to, you know, on a hamburger, a cheeseburger, uh, popcorn. It's, it's actually highly versatile in a strange way. And what are you looking at price point wise and uh, where do you pick it up at? Okay, you can find an eight ounce bottle uh, for nine bucks at D- or dizzypigbbq.com. Just go to their website. Um, I would have to recommend this. I would rate this somewhere between a backyard griller and a top 10 call. So it's about three and a half out of five. All right, three and a half out of five. So, I mean, look, nine bucks seems like a lot to me. Uh, maybe you're getting a little bit more in the shaker. You're going to be paying shipping on top of that unless you're finding it in a, tr- in a store. Now, to be fair, Dizzy Pig is kind of a well-distributed line of rub, so there is perhaps a very good chance you might find it in your specialty shop uh, or your local you know, broil master dealer that does the big green eggs and the high-end grills. Is the, is the quality price ratio there if you can't get it somewhere and you have to get it online? Would you pick it up? Uh, I would say the value is barely there. Um, it, yeah, it is pricey, just like a lot of things you 
order online. Uh, of course, you're almost going to pay as much for shipping as it is for the actual product in a lot of instances. Uh, if you happen to fall in love with it, just order it in bulk. Uh, most manufacturers will you, – you'll actually find a little of a discount if you do – if you pick up, you know, six bottles or 12 bottles or whatever. And it's a lot more, I, I guess, uh, anti-cost prohibitive that way. All right, so uh, three and a half out of five. So if if you can get it and you're kind of into that flavor, although kind of unique as you said, Scott, definitely worth it. That's the Dizzy Pig Shake and the Tree Rub. You can find a DizzyPigBBQ.com. Next one up for bid is Pig Pen's Original Rub. Uh, this one I had such high hopes for, and I just have five things to say about it: salt, salt, salt. salt, salt. <laughs> So what you're saying is there's some salt in there. It, there is. And there's actually some other ingredients. I can kind of taste them. It's not the most horrible thing I've ever put in my mouth. But for I, 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 I tried this for a couple different uh, cookouts. And all of my guests, no matter, uh, I guess, what their level of their palate would be, big uh, barbecue fans, what types of flavor profiles that they like, they all complain about the heavy salt level, and I would have to agree with them. Could this be um, more of a, like a beef-based rub then, though, because of the high salt content? I would say it would be better, but not much. As a matter of fact, I would just try you know, a combination of salt, pepper, garlic, maybe a little bit of onion powder, which this all has, by the way. But for some reason, it just really, really gets... Uh, push to the forefront, even on meat, even on beef. Uh, I tried to mask the flavor, and it's always bad when you have to mask the flavor with something with some uh, really heavy tomato or sweet elements. Uh, The salt just broke through with this. So this stuff was very disappointing, I hate to say. All right, a score on this one. Oh, I am going to have to say a rib boiler. Wow, rib boiler, worst ever. Punishable by death in most countries, especially here in the states of the United States. Uh, Pig Pen's original rub, don't get it. Five and a half ounce shaker bottle for $4.95. You can find it at smokingpig.net. Never go there, is what we're saying, basically, right? Don't get this particular rub. Uh, they have other products, uh, which I could you know, comment maybe in another review. But, but I would not recommend this rub at all. All right, so uh, we'll stay away from that one. Uh, last up for bid, the Sabon Cajun Q Barbecue Sauce. Phenomenal stuff. Uh, this was probably the best-reviewed barbecue sauce online. I mean, just the number of blogs, uh, both hot sauce and barbecue ones that this was sent to, I don't think this this particular product got less than like four out of five by anybody. Uh, and I would have to wholeheartedly agree with it. It's really hard to describe the sauce. It has that Carolina vinegary kick. It's got some sweetness. It's got a little bit of tomato. Uh, I guess the acidity that comes through. But I would say the dominant flavors were some spicy black pepper and some herb taste. It, it's just such a combination of all kinds of things. It's really hard to describe. It's almost a flavor in and of itself. But it's absolutely fantastic. What do you find it to be best put on, or what did you test it on and like? Uh, everything. Chicken, ribs, pulled pork. It, it just excels with everything. And even though it's off the beaten path, it is a big crowd pleaser. I mean, it, it, I, uh, 
for a couple of the cookouts I did in the past month or so, my guests rave about it. You know, but because I, I tried, you know, some ribs, some pork, some chicken that, you know, I didn't try the, the uh, pig pins rub on. And they all love it. So uh, th- this is very highly recommended by me. And I would have to give this a reserve grand champion. Wow, reserve grand champion. All right, so one notch down from taking the whole deal. Uh, again, you can find it at CajunHeat.com. It's the Sabone Cajun Q barbecue sauce. It's a 16-ounce bottle, $6.25. Uh, I mean, price-wise, really not that bad for a good barbecue sauce, right? It's a great deal, great value when you factor in the shipping. Uh, pick up six bottles. It's definitely worth it. Our, put, did you say pick up six bottles? I, I would say six bottles. Wow, yeah. six bottles. All right. Well, great. Now I have to actually print off your review so I can order some if it's that good. I'm always a seeker of great, eclectic barbecue sauce that isn't the run-of-the-mill mass crap made, which is why I like you know, the Butcher's uh, Sweet Barbecue Sauce so much. So I'll give this one a try as well. Uh, anything else happening in the world of Scott Roberts here before I uh, cut you loose and we wrap the show? Uh, just kind of circling back to the uh, uh, Stephen Machine Smallwood, his little contest, uh, my latest view with him, I am giving away three autographed posters and some hot sauces to kind of uh, celebrate that. It, it's just a couple posts down on my homepage. Go down, uh, send me an email, enter the contest, and uh might be a winner. All right, and uh, the autograph posters of uh, are of who? Uh, it's actually a poster of just kind of uh, describing the event himself. It's not a picture of him, but he did put his autograph on oh, uh, three posters. All right, there you go. So autograph posters to so go to, uh, check Scott's blog out. It's a couple posts down. Uh, Scott, always appreciate the time. We did the Dizzy Pig Shake in the Tree Rub, the Pig Pen's Original Rub, and the Sabone Cajun Q Barbecue Sauce. Uh, we will put you back to task next month, Scott, and uh, maybe we can schedule John Marcus in, and then we'll just have you call in and interrupt his segment. That's exactly what I was thinking. I can't wait to do that. Can't <laughs> wait. Can't wait. All right, Scott, appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for coming on. Okay, thank you, Greg. You got it. There he is, Scott Roberts. All right, uh, and there's Scott's call. All right, so that was a unexpected longer-than-normal segment. Glad I'm not on terrestrial radio. Otherwise, I would be fired. By now, segment. All right, let me do this. Uh, what do I want to do? Uh, I want to do that. Uh, uh, no, yeah, we know who you are. RN. Oh, boy. Okay, I got one more read left, then we'll wrap the show up. Apologize. A quick service announcement, gang, to the uh, Barbecue Brothers and Sisters from the show sponsor, Steve DeFranco of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, a well-known barbecue junkie, as we've told you. Father's Day coming June 17th. What to get dear old dad? New clothes that won't wear? Of course not. New shoes that he will never cover with barbecue sauce? No, a new tie. How many new ties can you get that? It's ridiculous. Stephen DeFranco Jewelers has the perfect answer. It's a new watch. Steve has an incredible selection of watches. That would be perfect for dear old dad. How about Bolova watches? Why well, spend a ton of money on a watch if you don't have to? Bolova watches are stylish and affordable, starting under 200 bucks. Bolova watches come in traditional court styles and retro-styled automatic versions. Chronographs, skeletons, traditional styles fill the Bolova line of timepieces. Then you have these Bolova Precisionist, the most accurate watch in the world. Yeah, Bolova Precisionist is that watch, the exclusive movement 
of the Bolivar Precisionist breaks down the second hand movements into 16 segments per second. Giving the second hand a smooth move appearance. Steel and titanium versions are available as well. Both Accutron high-end without the high price. And the Cadillac of the Bolivar line, the Accutron, is the pinnacle of high-end design without the breaking the bank price tag, starting at below $600. Bolivar Accutron watches give you the high-end style, quality, and lifestyle without the break the bank. Now, Citizen, you like the gadgets? Of course you do. Citizens is perfect for the gadget guy. The EcoDrive technology converts light into energy, powering your watch perfectly and accurately. Need a timer for your barbecue cooking? Some Citizens have a multiple timer along with alarms and multiple time zones. Philip and Company, many high-end European watch companies use Swiss movements from a company called ETA. ETA. Philip hand assembles his watch personally using ETA movements and hand-picked components starting at 895 bucks. High-end watch. Philips watches not only have an elegant European style, but they are affordable at 895 and all the Philips watches are serial numbered and registered with Philip himself. All watches from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers come with the exclusive watch performance package that also includes a year extension of the manufacturer's warranty, free engraving, free watch batteries for life, free polished cloth, all at no charge additionally. And here's how the Father's Day deal works. You go to stephendefranco.com, you pick out the watch. You call Steve directly at 440-943-2700. And you tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister, and he'll give you the real discount price on your new watch. He's not allowed by the manufacturer to show you the real discounted price on the website. So call him at 440-943-2700. That's 440-943-2700. Ask for Steve, tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister, and he'll give you that real discounted price. And as always, Steve will ship the watch to you for free. Stephen DeFranco, Julie, your Father's Day headquarters. We'll wrap the show up right after this. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, uh, about 18 minutes past 11. This won't get me to bed early, I can tell you that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, let's quickly review what happened here today. <clears throat> it's been a whirlwind. Uh, way back at 914, we had Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, on. 9.35, we had Scotty Johnson. We had the Chicago Connection, CancerSuckChicago.com, Pitmaster Scotty Johnson, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, originally from Chicago, now living in Florida. We talked about uh, Ray's new book, Slow Fire. We talked to Scotty about his uh, foundation, the uh, Corliss Johnson Memorial Foundation. You can go there make a donation at any point if you want. 10.15, 10.14, we had Jim Shaheen from Washington Post. We talked about the uh, Safeway Barbecue Battle in Washington, D.C. We talked a little Hall of Fame. We talked about Season 3 of Barbecue Pitmasters. And then at uh, 10.35, we had initially started talking with Scott Roberts. And then, out of the blue, unsolicited, uh, Emmy Award-winning TV producer John Marcus called in. Decided that uh, he would throw out the fact that Season 3 of Barbecue Pitmasters sneak peeks tomorrow, which is Wednesday... 
and the uh, premiere episode will be June 3rd. So go ahead and watch out for that. Uh, according to John, this will be both for the connoisseur or the uh, the diehard barbecuer as well as the fringe fan, who we're probably more focused on getting to enable a season four. And just for calling in on his segment, uh, John, I believe, did say that he would give Scott Roberts a executive producer credit on season four if there is one. So John might actually uh, get away unscathed on that. And we hope he doesn't. We want that executive producer credit. That means we get four se- the fourth season. So there you go. Somehow I think I got swoggled into a bet where if True Bud doesn't finish in front of Barbecue, I'm going to shave my head on the show. Did I do that? I must have been drinking a lot to have uh, agreed to that. Now, in fairness, when True Bud, uh, True Bud wins... Chad is going to have to shave off um, his very short hair, but he is also has facial hair, which has been on his face for at least a decade. So Chad will baby up if Truebud finishes ahead of Barbecue. I think that's a uh, complete foregone conclusion. Um, I'll have another has a better chance of winning the Triple Crown than Barbecue has of winning KCBS Team of the Year. Eat it. Get that big stuff out of here. And just for that, I'm going to have Trubud on each and every week until the end of the year. Karma to the 10th degree. All right, there we go. So there you go. That's what's happened this show, if you can believe it or not. And I can't believe it. Next week, we have uh, Meathead. Meathead will be on. And Sean Rice from Meet Me. We're just planning out his segment right now. That'll take place over the course of the week. Uh, We'll probably have some big contestant winner uh, from what's going to be happening on this week. And uh, we'll go from there. As always, I appreciate the Centralites for tuning in and hanging with me now two hours and 22 minutes in. Wow. Can't wait to see the podcaster's face tomorrow when they download this thing and it's like 158 megs. All right, once again, thanks to my guests, Ray Lampy, Scotty Johnson, Jim Shaheen, Scott Roberts, and John Marcus. Quick reminder, control the rusty grill grate population. If you cook on raw cast iron, do yourself a favor. You, know, you cook on it. Get it up there, burn it off, take your grill brush, scrape off all the bits, and then as it starts to cool down, you know, right around that 400-degree mark, hit it with some pan, re-season it, maybe a little Crisco, let it bake back in. Re-season it each and every time provides years of rust-free service. Look, once that rust starts on those things, it is a bitch to stop. So do yourself a favor, re-season each and every time. I prefer the pan, very easy. Spray it right on, and then you're done. Years of rust-free service. Also... September 11, 2001. I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.